Hello, horror guys and gals, and welcome back to the We Love Horror podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything and anything horror. I am Michael, and today I am joined by my dear friend, Mark, from a podcast on Elm Street. You guys may know him as Mark, but I also know him as Marky Mark, the bearded beauty of Ontario, and I guess most importantly, Mark, but I like all those nicknames for you, Mark. How the (laughs) fuck are you today? I am great, man. It's a nice shitty day up here in Canada, lots of rain, so... Just excited to do something semi-productive today and hop on with you. Hey, you told me you were doing stuff productive. Weren't you doing like electrical stuff earlier? Yeah, but (laughs) it wasn't fun. It's It's not not fun fun productive. This is fun productive. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. And you are um, becoming to or you are beginning to become a regular on this podcast now. It's pretty soon. It's going to be uh, the We Love Horror podcast with Michael and Mark soon. <laughs> with Mark and Michael in the morning. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, 105.9 FM. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Your go-to podcast for horror related news. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. But thank you for coming on today. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for asking me to come on. Of course. Um, it's always. Yeah. It's always what? I was going to say it's always a good time. Oh, you were too sweet to me, Mark. Oh, oh what a sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I appreciate it. You're always uh, coming through in the clutch because I actually, this episode wasn't even planned because uh, what happened was I was supposed to record with two chicks in a horror flick and uh, we had to reschedule um, just because lives get crazy. You know, I know how that yep. is. So I asked you a couple of weeks ago if you wouldn't mind stepping in for them and doing this episode for with me and you graciously agreed. So thank mm-hmm. you. No I also problem. um I also want to um I guess start by saying I am a little sick today. <laughs> I've been sick the last couple of days. So yeah, I do sound a little bit different because I'm a little stuffed up and my throat is a little bleh, right now, but I'm powering through it. <laughs> as long as you don't got the Rona, I don't care. Oh, dude, I was starting to freak out because <laughs> I really thought that I did have it because I was starting to lose my taste and smell yesterday. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, yeah. God damn it. I was like, I bet I have it. But no, I can taste and smell just fine today. So I think we're good. <laughs> Great news. Yes. Good news all around. Um, <laughs> but before we start, would you like to introduce yourself, Mark? Uh, plug in your podcast for the listeners so that they know where to find you. All right. Uh, So like Michael said, I am Mark. I'm one half of a podcast on Elm Street. We are from the great white north of Canada. Uh, We are a weekly podcast. We release an episode every Wednesday for the most part, um, talking about different horror movies and stuff that's going on in the horror community and whatnot. Uh, Currently, right now, for the past month, we've been um, doing like a month-long face-off between Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger. So we've done the first two movies of each franchise, and then we're going to cap cap it off with uh, an episode on Freddy versus Jason, just to discuss uh, obviously the movie itself and whether or not we agree or disagree with the outcome of it or how we think it should be and whatnot, because, you know, we know better than the directors. Obviously. I mean, (laughs) why else do we have a podcast other than to, you know, criticize and, you know, talk about these films that we know so much about? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I just want to start by gushing about your guys' podcast. As you know, and all the listeners know that have been following along with this podcast for long enough know that you guys were 
probably I think you and Brooke were the first people that I talked to like when I was starting the podcast, when Mm -hmm. me and Roman had originally started the podcast, you guys were the first ones that I actually reached out to and talked to. And you guys are like my first supporters. So, you know, Mm -hmm. always, you know, always grateful for your love and support. I love you and Brooke to death. You guys are, you guys have literally become brothers to me in this past year. So it's like, it's crazy to see how, um, how close we've gotten in the last year, Mm -hmm. you know? Your anniversary's got to be coming up soon, as or is oh, it my, already passed? Uh, my anniversary already passed. It, uh, Did we, it? Yeah, it was back in February. I completely. Oh wow. Yeah. I, well, I completely spaced. Um, do I was gonna do like a post about it, and I completely spaced it. So I thought, mm, whatever. It was like it was like two days after, and I was like, oh fuck, I think the anniversary was a couple <laughs> days ago. I was like, oh well, can't post anything about it now. It's a little too late. But yeah late yeah. to your own anniversary yeah <laughs> yep um but yeah i can't oh god it's crazy when you look back a year from now and see how mm-hmm. far we've all come you know yeah. since then yeah because there's there's like there's a tight-knit group of us uh brooke and i started november of 2019 and then like you started in february obviously and then hmc started a couple months after that um and I mean, like, there's multiple other ones that kind of started all within that sort of same time frame. And uh, I f- fuck, most of us are still kicking around, um, still making episodes. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's nice and it's fun to to grow and expand our, I don't know, podcast with each other, I guess. Like you and Josh from, Josh from HMC have your own podcast now. And like, it's, yeah everybody's growing it's crazy yeah like i was like i never thought a year ago that i would have met so many people from the podcast community plus you know still be going so strong with this podcast plus have another podcast on top of it now so it's Mm -hmm. like all these things i never would imagined a year ago so it's just been so much fun so long story short thank you so much for your support mark (laughs) you guys are fucking awesome i love this freddy versus jason series that you guys have been doing i think it's been a lot of fun um and due to Mother's Day, you said that you guys aren't going to be posting the Freddy versus Jason episode until next week. Yeah, because, uh, sorry, I had a piece of tape. I had a piece of tape stuck on my shoe or foot. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, so today's Saturday, tomorrow's Mother's Day. And uh, normally we record on Sunday evenings, but uh, um, yeah, it's Mother's Day, so and I'm on afternoons all next week. So there's just wasn't a date where we could just kind of postpone it to. So we're just going to, we have a couple of episodes that we're kind of sitting on right now. So we're just going to release that. And then uh, next weekend, we're going to sit down and record Freddy versus Jason. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's been really fun, you know, getting to know you Mark, following your podcasting, how far you guys have come as well. Um, and as you were saying, yeah, it's crazy. Cause like, all of us that are super close now, we all kind of started, as you said, and within the same time frame. So it's just crazy. Like we're all kind of learning with each other and we're growing with each other. Mm-hmm. And it's just so much fun to see that, like so mm-hmm. much fun to be in a, a community. Cause like for the longest time, I've never felt like I belonged in like a specific group or place, but now I feel like I found my place and that's like with you guys in the horror community. So mm-hmm. thank you for, you know, embracing me and bringing me in and giving me advice and all that stuff. So no problem. Yeah, we started off like I was I've always said this is the one good thing that's happened from this pandemic is just like all these different podcasts that have come out of the woodworks. Like we started before the pandemic, but it just seems like since like last February, 
which is when COVID really started to kind of kick in. That's like, we've just seen more and more and more podcasts coming in and growing and just like having that extra little bit of time to put into something. And it's good to see like all the creativity that people are coming up with, because I mean, realistically, we kind of live in a lazy era like everybody's on their phones, everybody's watching TV. So it's nice to see the creativity that's that's actually coming out of this. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's it's amazing, actually, like to see just what people do to push their podcasts and um, creative outlets further than mm-hmm. what they, you know, originally started at. So it's like you guys start you guys started off, you know, back in November of 2019 mm-hmm. and just like the evolution of your podcast is just so incredible to see mm-hmm. like it's just insane was, to see how far you guys have come yeah thank you um, i was saying to josh josh the other night i was like because i can't remember what he what we were talking about and i was like dude our first ever episode we recorded it on our fucking cell phones like we didn't have a mic we didn't have anything we just loaded up the anchor app on our cell phones and just like recorded like that so if any of your listeners listen to our midsummer episode yeah that's uh that was recorded on a cell phone (laughs) and you can you can clearly tell that we have no idea what the fuck we're doing (laughs) (laughs) you guys are such babies it's yeah like it's so uh it's so cool um yeah but are you guys interested in doing like a midsummer re revamp because i would love to come on and talk with you guys about that movie yeah for sure i mean we have talked about that just to i don't know like a director's cut almost of it um and actually we we all do have the director's cut of the of the movie now so it'd be fun to kind of go back and re-record that one. Oh, for sure it would be a long fucking episode too yeah it would <laughs> it's gonna be like a what a five hour long episode i bet <laughs> yeah that might be a two-parter hey nothing wrong with that though it'd be fun it keeps the listeners in anticipation so they get to listen to part one and then they get to listen to part two so exactly um but Mark, without further ado, oh, well, what have what have you been up to, or what have you been watching this past week? Before we get into the three question horror round, uh, yeah, <laughs> this past week, I mean, obviously, I watched the movie that uh, we're about to discuss. Um, I've been watching a show on Amazon Prime. It's an animated superhero show called uh, Invincible. It's really good. I definitely recommend it uh brooke and i are also doing like patreon episodes right now for uh the mortal kombat franchise so i watched the original one fairly recently and then i watched the remake whenever it came out uh i watched the wrong turn remake or i don't i'm not even calling that a remake i'm calling that like a a reboot yeah because it's it's nowhere near the same story as as the first one but it's really fucking good like i was really surprised yeah oh Um, yeah i remember you talking about that on your uh (laughs) elm street 2 episode with brooke you were saying that you finally you know caved in and watched it so (laughs) yeah yeah it's really good but i mean yeah other than that it's yeah not a whole lot and you've been watching dead to me with me so yes that is that is true we've been watching that yes (laughs) (laughs) but that hasn't been in the last week so I guess, I guess that's, that's true. That's true. I will, I'll give you that. (laughs) Um, for me, I haven't really been watching a whole lot. Uh, 
I watched this film that we're talking about today. Um, I watched, there was a movie that I watched a couple days ago that I really liked. I can't remember off the top of my head what it's called. Shit. Um, oh, I watched uh, Alex in Venice again. That's the one with the, it's an independent film that came, it's, I think it's on Amazon Prime now. It used to be on Netflix, um, but it's, it's a film with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Okay. And everybody knows how much I love her. So <laughs> I watch anything that she's in. Um, but that one's pretty good. It's a, basically about a single mom, like her husband leaves her. And so she has to like figure out how to, you know, take care of her son and work and manage all these things that she's not used to doing without a, a second person there to help her. So it's basically mm-hmm. kind of a, almost like a coming of age kind of thing. Yeah. You know, cool. uh, it's really good. I, I, I definitely recommend it. I think it's one of her better performances. I think she... That's the thing about Mary Elizabeth Winston. I feel like she's gotten stuck in this niche of being like a scream queen and horror and stuff, which is nothing wrong with that at all. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of people aren't familiar with her independent stuff. And I feel like that's where her um, acting ability like truly shines because yeah. she's really able to like actually go to these, these different places. Um, she did a uh, film with um, shit. The guy from Breaking Bad, Jesse. Oh, uh I can't think of his last name, but uh, the guy that's in Breaking Bad, she did a movie with him, uh, I think in 2012 called Smashed. And it's about uh, them, them two in the movie and they're both alcoholics. And she basically has seen that. You have seen that one. I I feel like I have. Yeah. Oh, her acting is incredible in that one too. Um, Mm. But uh, yeah, getting off my soapbox now. Yeah. I watched that (laughs) this week. Um, And uh, yeah, other than that, I haven't really watched anything. I've been kind of uh, preoccupied with, um, you know, packing up my stuff and moving into a new place soon. So yeah, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry. What is happening upstairs? I don't know. Man, don't have kids. I'm telling you. <laughs> like it's <insane. laughs> Sounds like there's like a home. Sounds like there's a home invasion going on. Hey, you weren't supposed to pop that yet. Mm. Sorry. I'll open the other one. Okay. I was going to let you, Ooh. I was going to give you the chance to crack it. Oh, sorry. 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 It's okay. That's actually really good. <laughs> Oh, are you drinking the berry one? Yeah, it's not bad. Gross. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, about besides that, besides moving and stuff this week, uh, not a whole lot. So right. fun stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, without further ado, would you like to get into the We Love Horror three? 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 Um, <laughs> would you like to get into the We Love Horror three question horror round? Let's do it. All right, Mark. So I'm going to let you ask the first question. Okay. Um, I had trouble coming up with some questions because I couldn't remember what I had asked you on the last episode. So every question that popped, <laughs> every question that popped into my head, I was like, I think I asked that last time. And then, like, I'm trying to remember all the questions that have already been on like past episodes, like with other people. But uh, I, th- I think I'm okay. So my first question, out of the big four, Michael, F- Jason, Freddie, and Leatherface, who would you rather have chasing after you and why? Mm, definitely not Freddie because I need sleep. <laughs> and I feel like in your dreams, you don't really have a whole lot of control over what happens to you. So yeah, I would be fucked in that scenario. Um, <sighs> did you say Ghostface too? No. Or was it Freddie, Jason, Michael, and Leatherface? Yeah. Okay. 
Um, definitely not Fred. Definitely not Freddie. Definitely not Jason. Because, I mean, I wouldn't encounter Jason anyway because I'm not the camping type. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but if I did, I wouldn't want to. No, he's scary. He freaks me out. Uh, so it's down between Michael Myers and Leatherface. I'd probably say I'd rather have Leatherface chasing me because he's kind of a klutz. He's not mm-hmm. very. I don't know. He's he's bound to run out of stamina eventually. He's not a very uh <laughs> it's not a very um what's the word? muscular guy. He's a little more big if we're yeah, going from he's, the He's husky. Yeah, there we go. He's huscular. <laughs> um Yeah. And all I'd have to do is fucking trip him and he would land, like fall on the ground and probably accidentally saw into his own leg like he does in the original so you know <laughs> i'd probably right. have to choose him what about yeah. you mark uh he was gonna be my pick too um uh, honestly your reasons are great reasons and uh he's also the only one out of the four that aren't like invincible yeah like i f- like i feel like you could kill Leatherface, whereas all the other guys they come back yeah fuck that <laughs> no thanks <laughs> um all right so my first question and this is uh this is more of a question that's related to the episode that we're talking about today so it's a would you rather question okay and it's a gross one are you ready let's hear it would you rather have to eat a glob of hair or a human oh. finger a human finger without a doubt really without a doubt interesting like I, eat a glot like a clump of hair, like put it in my mouth and swallow it. Yeah, no, I'm eating a finger. I'm eating a finger. Yeah, I think I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna think I'm gonna go with the finger too. Yeah. Because, and we'll we'll get into it later. But there's a scene in this movie that I was like, oh, like, oh man, yeah. And there, yeah, there's something that I want to bring up with that too. And yeah, it's, <laughs> so <laughs> gross. Yes. Um, but yeah, that was my uh, that was my first question. So hit me with your second question, Mark. All right, you are tasked to make the next big slasher film. Which five actors and actresses are you casting, uh, and what typical slasher role would they play? So in brackets, I have the killer, the jock, the slutty girl, the nerdy guy slash girl, and then the final girl. Damn, that's a that's quite a question to break down there. Mark. <laughs> okay. Oh, let's see. Okay. So as the killer, I would probably cast Tyler Maine because nice his role is fucking Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Nick Castle is the OG Michael Myers, and he is definitely like on the top of the list to me but mm-hmm. i think tyler main what tyler main brought to rob zombies halloween is he just brought an entirely more terrifying version of michael myers because this he's fucking brutal so i think casting him is huge oh my god he's huge yeah so casting him as the killer what i think would be a great idea because he would be super menacing super violent like it would just be super scary to have to face off with him no thanks <laughs> um okay so the jock the jock let's see Mm. i'm trying to think of like horror related see i'm more of like a um a female actress oriented person so it's harder for me to think of (laughs) actors because i'm like more obsessed with actresses but shit um hmm come on who's who's a dreamy guy that you would want to see in a dreamy guy you just gotta change the words a little bit. 
Uh, ooh, I'd love to see Steven Yoon as the as the jock character. That'd be kind of okay. hot, considering okay. he's he doesn't really he's never really played a character like that before. No, that's true. Yeah, so Steven Yoon is the jock. Okay, uh, the slutty girl. <laughs> Let's see. Hmm. I don't know if I'm going to get a lot of hate for saying this, but I'd probably cast Daniel Harris as the slutty girl. Okay, I'm all for that. <laughs> I'm sure you are, Mark. <laughs> sure big you... fan of big fan of her. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't see enough of her in Halloween, so. No, no. <laughs> Or on her Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I would probably cast her as the slutty girl. Um, the nerd. So you said nerd slash girl or guy, so it can be either one. Yeah. yeah. Okay, for the nerd, I'm going to go with... I'm going to pick Mary Elizabeth Winstead because, okay. one, I've never really seen her play a character like that, and two, she she's always... Like, I love it when she plays, like, strong-willed characters. And I feel like nerdy characters in horror movies are the brains behind the operation. Mm -hmm. And they, like, know how to, you know, get from point A to point B. And I feel like she'd be really good at that. Um, And then the final girl, no question, Florence Pugh, 100%. My queen. (laughs) I know. I know. I didn't even need to, didn't even need to think about that one. That one was already predetermined. (laughs) That answer was already there. Um, All right, cool. I mean... No, not that I need to give an explanation about Florence Pugh, but I, I guess I will. I fucking love her. Yeah. Obsessed with her. Um, I don't know why we weren't graced with her presence sooner, but. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She just like really started coming into the scene like well, five years ago, I guess. Maybe mm-hmm. six years ago. Yeah. So not not super <laughs> long. And then, I mean, Midsommar came out in 2019. So that's like, one, yeah. that's, like her biggest like. I guess uh, step into into fame is from that movie. So, I mean, she was in stuff before that, but I didn't really know who she was until Midsommar. So, mm-hmm. Fighting with My Family is a really good movie. Oh, it is. It's a fantastic movie. Um, yeah. So is that? There's that film um, on on uh, Netflix called Malevolent, I believe, and she's in that yeah. as well. Did you yeah. watch that? Uh, I watched the second one for some reason. I don't think we had the first one on our netflix here but i don't think it followed the same like storyline there's a second one i think unless it's a different movie that i'm thinking of but it might be i don't know huh yeah i don't know i yeah but as soon as soon as i watched midsummer i started watching all of her other stuff because i was like who Mm -hmm. is this girl and why has she why have i never heard of her (laughs) yeah um but yeah that would be my uh that would be my all-star lineup for that film. Oh, and then the last the last part of the question was, uh, what was the last part of the question again? That was it. Oh, okay. That was the whole question. Oh, okay. Okay. I just want to know which five actors or actresses you were casting and what roles they would play. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I kind of have a similar question, but not really. Um, okay. So if you had to pick between the you know the plot there's four plot lines that you can choose from okay okay there's the plot line of hellraiser there's the plot line of dawn of the dead okay there's the purge okay and there is um the conjuring which which movie would you want to put yourself in 
and you have to deal with all of the stuff that goes on in those movies. So you have to deal with zombies or you have to deal with the, um, the Cenobites or, you know, all the fucking scary ass demons and ghosts that are in the conjuring. Mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with Cenobites at all. I don't want to deal with evil spirits or entities. So the conjuring's out. We have zombies. I, yeah. Uh, so we have zombies and humans left. Hmm. I can't remember. Did you say Day of the Dead? Dawn of or the Dawn? Dead. Are, are they fast zombies or slow yeah, zombies? Yeah, they're now? fast. I'm pretty sure. Uh, fuck. Hmm. That's a tough question. I think I'm gonna. I think. <laughs> I think I'm gonna say the purge, though. Really? Yeah, I kind of like that idea because I mean, with with a zombie apocalypse, like everybody, eventually, it like it's it's inevitable. Everybody's gonna turn into a zombie. So you're, and I mean, the purge only lasts for what twelve hours? Yeah, but it's every year, though. Yeah, I mean, but you can prepare for it, right? So, like, you know, it's going to continuously happen every single year. So you can just prepare for it like they did in The Purge. Like some of those houses were insane. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with The Purge. And I just think it'd be fun to go on a crime spree for 12 hours. <laughs> not not a, not a killing spree. I said a crime spree. <laughs> I know. I've never understood why people choose to kill on The Purge instead of just breaking into, like, electronic yeah. stores or, like, going into Walmart and stealing everything there because literally all crime is legal so you could basically Mm -hmm. rob you could rob a fucking you know an atm you could go to a car a car dealership you could steal a car you could fucking do all this shit so i don't know why these people are worried about killing other people just fucking get rich (laughs) right like i'm gonna load up my brand new lamborghini with the 75 inch curved screen tv that i just stole from best buy and yeah i'm gonna go home and set it all up that's going to be my purge for the 12 hours (laughs) (laughs) oh man good answer mark good answer thank you good question thank you hit me with your final question mark all right michael you are a collector of various uh memorabilia and pieces so what is one piece of horror movie memorabilia that you would most want to have in your collection Now I'm thinking like movie prop or like anything like that. Fuck. Okay. So I have a few options here. Well, you have lots of options. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But I'm thinking of just like the, the few that are in my head that pop into my head. Um, Oh my God. I would love to have the original Michael Myers mask. I don't think that exists anymore because they didn't take too good of care of it. It Mm -hmm. sat underneath John Carpenter's bed for like, two years nice. after they filmed the original yeah. Halloween fucking uh, blasphemy. I know. And I don't know where it's at now. I don't know if somebody has it still or, but I would fucking mm. love to have that mask and be like, yes, Nick Castle wore this mask. This was the <laughs> mask that they made for Halloween that started it all. So yeah. that I would love to fucking have um, the carriage in Midsommar, the one that Danny rides on to go to the oh yeah wins the maypole contest when they take her out to do like the blessing of the the crops Mm -hmm. and all that they take her in that carriage and it's decorated with all these flowers and it's beautiful i would love to fucking have that in my front yard (laughs) i would love to have just just as a centerpiece in my front yard and people would be like Mm -hmm. 
so why do you got a carriage in your front yard and he'll be like uh why does it matter do you know what do you know what this is from (laughs) (laughs) because i'm the may queen bitch yeah not that i should have to tell you (laughs) (laughs) um and uh let's see what's the other one either that okay so i have a two-parter with the midsummer thing either that or danny's flower fucking gown that she wears at the Mm. end oh my gosh because i know that that's in a museum somewhere now and actually i heard that ariana grande tried to buy it for like millions of dollars i'm not surprised she seems like the type of person that would want that yeah (laughs) (laughs) um uh let's see okay so the last thing that i would fucking die to have um probably the something from the shining but i'm trying to think of what it would be danny's tricycle no i was either <laughs> thinking like the the typewriter or the axe that jack has okay that would be fucking cool to have the axe just set up like on a like a if you can imagine it above my bookshelf mm-hmm. back here just like on a little thing where i can have it just displayed that would yeah, be, cool. be cool or the typewriter would be fucking cool too yeah but uh, yeah, that's mine. Nice. What about you? The great question, by the way. I like that question. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, for me, um, I mean, the original glove from A Nightmare on Elm Street would be really cool. Uh, and I think, I think one of the prop guys still has that. I think it was someone from the like the cast, not like an actor, but like the crew, I should say has it i think um hmm i would love to have like a life like the life-size costume uh from like alien of the xenomorph like how fucking cool would that be just have that like in your basement like just set up in a corner oh that'd be so fucking cool <laughs> yeah uh what else I like your mask, your Michael Myers mask idea. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, I would have it in a little, a little uh, display case. I'd have it mm-hmm. in a little display case all set up and, you know, beautiful yeah. for people to see. Yeah. yeah. No, I like I like that one, too. Ooh, I would also love to have the original uh, Billy puppet from Dead Silence. Like I have my, uh, like I have my own like replica kind of version. It's not exactly the same, but I would love to have the original one because holy shit, that would be so fucking cool to have in my house. <laughs> that would no, that would not be cool. It would be awful. <laughs> and I would put him in his own little like display case, kind of like with the mask, except he would sit in a little chair. It would almost kind of like be like the case that Annabelle's in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would be like a shadow box type of thing. So there'd be light on it and he would just mm. sit in it. And that'd be so cool. Yeah, it sounds wonderful. And then I'd come home one night and he'd be gone and I'd be like, Billy, where are you? And he's like, you won't find me, mother. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, great question, though. I liked that question a lot. Thank you. All right. So I'm going to go with with my basic bitch question and i know i've already asked you this question before but i could not think like it's hard for me to rack my brain with questions and then it's like when i hear other people's questions i'm like fuck why didn't i think of that question (laughs) um but i'm gonna ask you another one of my basic bitch questions and i've asked you this before but i'm gonna give you like another top five film so okay mark if you were trapped on a desert island you know the gist and you yeah. can only bring another five horror films with you, what films would you bring other than the ones that you've already said the first time I asked this question? 
yeah, because I can remember that, those five. Uh, I can't. So I'm sure I had Midsommar and Hereditary on there. I'm sure I had Scream on there. I probably had the original Halloween on there. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to say. Well, I'll go with A Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. Uh, I, th- I think I probably had the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre on my first one. Uh, let's go with your next. Um, The Shining. Uh, is ready like would you ready or not's considered horror? I know Josh says it is, but yeah. So I'll go with that. Ready or not. And hmm, what's another one that I love? Is I'm this gonna look last on last one. Yeah. So I gotta Cheater. make a good one. I'm just looking. I'm looking at my letterbox. Just give me a sec. Uh, what's something that I watched this year that I really like? Hmm. And it has to be horror. Yeah, man. Ouch. Let's go with ooh, um, the green room. I'm gonna say the green room. That's a good one. I like that movie a lot. It's really good. I've only seen it twice, but I really, really liked it. Yeah, it's I mean, it's I don't know. It's not like in my top 10 favorite movies or anything like that, but it's a good watch. I like watching it. It'd be a good movie for you to bring if you were trapped on an island. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why not? Why not? (laughs) All right. Well, that ends the three question horror round. Thank you for participating again, Mark, for the what the fourth, fifth time now. (laughs) <laughs> it's that many holy shit i mean like i said you're beginning to become a regular on this show so probably <laughs> a shit ton more than we can count honestly <laughs> that is true um but why don't you tell in the tradition of a podcast on elm street because you guys always talk about what you guys are drinking before you guys start the episode mm-hmm. what are you drinking today mark well uh do I talk about the one that I'm currently drinking or should I just crack another one? Uh, you can talk about the one you're currently drinking and then you can crack it after. All right. Sounds good. Um, so I prematurely cracked while we were talking before, uh, but I'm drinking an Ashton Brewing Company's blueberry wheat beer. And it's very good. It's my first time having it. And I don't know where it was brewed. Let me see. Oh, shit. It was brewed in Ottawa, Ontario, which is where Brooke lives right now. <clears throat> so that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it's good. I recommend checking it out if there's any Canadian listeners, because I doubt you can probably get this down in the States. Nice. Very nice. Um, and I'm just uh, drinking not Mountain Dew today. <laughs> <laughs> Shocker, I know. I'm actually yeah. drinking Coke today. So got myself a little glass of Coke here. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm drinking. So getting wild i know so and you got that other thing you can crack open now so yeah so this other one is a muskoka brewery hazed and confused juicy ipa so i guess i'll open this now give her a try Ooh, that was crisp Mm -hmm. how's that one not bad i like the other one better though (laughs) not bad but not super great (laughs) 
That's right. <laughs> All right. So without further ado, Mark, would you like to get into what movie we we're talking about today? Yes, sir. And what movie would that be? We are talking about 2016's Belgian uh, body horror cannibalistic movie called Raw. Sounds like someone just fell down the stairs. No, it was a toy. <laughs> it was a toy. <laughs> not a baby. It wasn't a child. Don't worry. No, it was not a child. <laughs> um, your child. <laughs> if, meanwhile, your child at the fucking bottom of the stairs. Like, <laughs> like it was just, it's just a toy. It's, it's just a toy. It's just, yeah. Um, yeah. So as Mark said, we are talking about the film raw today. It came out in 2016. Uh, it has an IMDB rating of seven out of 10, which is pretty solid. If you yeah. ask me, uh, and the synopsis is I actually changed the synopsis just so you know, I found a better one. So it's mm. different from what you're reading now. Sorry. I, I forgot to let you know that. So. That's okay. <laughs> um, the synopsis is desperate to fit in at school. A girl strays from her principles and faces the consequences of her actions as her cannibalistic true self emerges. Ooh. Ooh. Very. Sounds spicy. Yeah. Um, it was directed by Julia Ducornia, Ducorna. Gonna say that's how you sp- say it. Um, I would said Ducorno, but Ducorno, I don't know. Ducorno, yeah, yeah probably. Uh, that know. sounds more French because <laughs> it is a French horror film. So we we could put an accent on it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, she's known for Titan, uh, two episodes of Servant. Uh, obviously, this film Raw, uh, Mange, and Junior. None of which I know. <laughs> uh you've never watched servant i have not no Ooh, it's only i know you're a you're a android guy but it's on apple tv it's fucking wicked it's such a good show i could probably watch it on my mac because i have apple tv on my mac though yeah uh, then yeah i definitely recommend checking it out um m night Shyamalan directed a couple episodes of it too oh that's the one you were telling me about yeah mm-hmm. yeah i remember you telling yeah. me that like forever ago and yeah, I've been meaning to watch it, but yeah, I haven't mm-hmm. watched it yet. So it's a very good show. I'll have to check it out. Um, it uh, stars Garance Marillier as Justine, and she's n- known for Raw. Uh, she was also in Mange and Junior, both of which were directed by the director of this film. Um, mm-hmm. Ella Rumpf as Alexia. She's in 10 episodes of Tokyo Vice. She's in Tiger Girl, and she's in The Divine Order. And Rabah Nate as Ophelia Ophella. Oh, God, these names. <laughs> Rabah Nate Ophella as Adrian. And the only thing I have him down for is Raw, because, like I said, with most of these people, I have no idea what they're in. Like, I've mm-hmm. never seen anything they've been in. Um, uh, did I miss anything? Was there anything else you wanted to say that, that you know recognize them from? No, honestly, like they're all they're all french or belgian actors or like european actors and i don't know all their movies and shows and whatnot have been from over there as far as i could tell yeah um and uh the budget was three million five hundred thousand dollars that's european money though so i don't know how much that actually equates in u.s dollars but (laughs) yeah i'm not sure um, the opening weekend in the U.S. was twenty four thousand eight hundred twenty five. Uh, the U.S. gross altogether was five hundred fourteen thousand 
870 and then the worldwide gross was 3,096,815. So I don't know. It's hard to tell if this movie made a lot of money or not. I would say it probably didn't, but that's just mostly because it like it didn't really get a huge theatrical release. It got a limited release and it was yeah. just premiering at a lot of film festivals, so it didn't get a whole lot of I guess money back. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm looking it up right now like the exchange. So 3,096,815 US dollars is 2.5 million euros. So I mean it did make actually let me see here. Oh come on you son of a bitch. Anyways, yeah, it didn't make much. Which is not surprising. I mean, it's not the type of movie that that would make a lot of money. No, and and like I said, it didn't get a, it didn't get a huge release. I think it got a limited release in the U.S. Um, and it like premiered at a bunch of film festivals. It did win a lot of awards though. So um, mm-hmm. the film premiered at the Cannes Film Festival on May fourteenth, two thousand sixteen, and was theatrically released in the U.S. on March tenth, two thousand seventeen, and in France on March fifteenth of two thousand seventeen. The film was met with critical acclaim, but was met with some controversy over its shocking and graphic content. During a screening at the 2016 Toronto Film Festival, some viewers allegedly fainted from the film's graphic scenes, and Julia DeCorno stated during a Q&A that she was shocked to hear this, which... It's making us Canadians seem like pussies. You Canadians are a bunch of pussies. (laughs) (laughs) You You and I were talking about this last night. Like, I don't understand how anybody could faint from a movie. Like, you hate uh, the Human Centipede movies, but, I mean, they're absolutely fucking disgusting, but, like, you wouldn't you wouldn't faint from them. Like, I don't I don't get it. I don't either. I, I guess I can get I guess I can get like getting sick from some of these scenes, especially the one scene that we're going to talk about heavily. Um, yeah. But fainting, that's a little dramatic. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just feel anytime I hear that about movies, I'm like, really, really? You fainted? Yeah. There's another one too that had a whole bunch of people faint during it, but I can't remember what it was. This film has also garnered many awards, such as the Sutherland Award for Most Original and Imaginative First Feature at the London Film Festival. Raw placed third at the Toronto Film Festival for the People's Choice Midnight Madness Award. And in 2016, it won two awards at the Strasbourg European Film Festival the Golden Octopus for the Best International Fantastic Movie and the Public Choice Award for Best International Fantastic Movie. Um, And it's won a couple of other awards too. It's won many, many awards. Um, But uh, I have some fun facts here that I can read off for the listeners too. So uh, the raw chicken that Justine is eating out of the fridge is actually sugar. Garance Morellier said that the scene said... Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That name fucking threw me off. These names, dude. Uh, (laughs) Or should I say Garance? Garance? I I cannot do a fucking French accent at all to save my life. Um, Garance Marillier said about the scene that while it didn't disgust her from chicken, it did disgust her from candy for life. I found that a little weird. Yeah, that is a little weird, isn't it? I mean... Like, was it just like a, like a clump of sugar? I guess. Yeah. Or do you like, uh, I don't know. Why would it disgust her from candies? I know that's, that is a lot of sugar though. (laughs) I guess. Yeah. She did go to town on it. 
Yeah. Um, at a screening at the Gothenburg Film Festival, several attendants in the audience fainted and vomited. Over 30 people left the cinema prematurely, and they had to take a break in the middle of the movie due to all the turmoil. And, like, the middle of the movie, like, it's not even that bad yet. No, no. I And I feel like this movie is still pretty tame compared to other movies. Oh, yeah. Um, I think Starry Eyes is way worse than this movie. Mm-hmm. For as sure. far as body horror shit goes, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, Julia DeCorno, DeCornia, DeCorn, DeCornia, DeCornia, <laughs> Julia. E? I don't fucking know. Um, start that over. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Julia DeCornu discovered Ella Rumpf, who plays Alexia in Swiss German film War from 2014. She did not realize she was a woman until after watching it. I've like I read this last night and like I was like oh I want to watch this movie then like to see because I mean she's very obviously a woman in this movie there's no denying it so I want to know what she looked like in this movie like they must have did a really good job with the makeup right um writer director Julia DeCorno has rejected people classifying the film as a horror movie as while her intent was to disturb it was not to scare instead she views her work as a mix of comedy drama teen a teen movie and body horror, which well, I, can, I can get behind. <laughs> I can get behind too, but I mean, if she views it as body horror, then how is it not a horror movie? I don't freaking know. <laughs> and I mean, there's lots of horror movies out there that aren't like meant to be scary, more so as like make you feel gross. Yeah, yeah, I feel like this movie, and that's what I like about this movie, and we'll get into it more when we talk about it. It it is a body horror movie, and a lot of disturbing things happen in it but it's not just to disturb you i don't feel like this mm-hmm. is a movie i feel like this is a movie that has a lot of um strong undertones of other things like mm-hmm. it really touches upon eating disorders and body image and stuff like mm-hmm. this and it, it really it's actually more of a coming of age kind of movie than it is a body horror in my opinion it's like ginger snaps almost <laughs> except like way more extreme than ginger snaps but yeah you know what I'm actually i referenced ginger snaps in one of my reviews oh you did yeah nice um <laughs> but uh yeah unless you had anything else you wanted to say fun facts wise for this film that's all i have uh, i don't think so like that's pretty much it all right so let's get into the first scene of raw so like i like how this film opens up because it just shows just the first shot is just a, like a long road with trees lined on both sides. Mm-hmm. And you see this, uh, you see this woman walking on the side of the road from like far off. And then you get another shot of a car driving down the road. And then it goes back to that same shot from the beginning, except you hear like the car swerve and it crashes into a tree. Yeah. And um, then you see the girl that was standing on the side of the road. She walks over the car. And then after that, it just cuts to the scene where you meet Justine. So, mm-hmm. Um, you only find out later, I feel, because I, I caught this the second time I watched it. I was like, oh, that's definitely Alex. That's for sure Alex, not Justine. Yeah, because, I mean, in that same scene, you do see someone laying down in the middle of the road as well. Which I find, like, that's incredibly ballsy, because, I mean, it could pan out the way that it did twice, or, like, you're getting your ass ran over. <laughs> And then what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, And then it... uh, 
starts with the scene of Justine where she's at the she's like at a, like a cafeteria place with her parents or something. Yeah, it's supposed to be like a restaurant, but it's weird. It looks it's almost like a cafeteria. Yeah, I mean, it's not a restaurant that I'd be eating at. That's for sure. No. And she goes she goes up to this lady and she's like, oh, just some mashed potatoes, please. And she just slaps it down. on the- <laughs> she's Like, there you go. Yeah. And she's like, no protein. And she's like, no, I'm a vegetarian. And it uh, sets up the fact that Justine is a vegetarian, very devout mm-hmm. vegetarian, may I add. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting down at the table with her parents and she starts eating it. And there's like, what is that? Is it a fucking meatball that's in her? I was just mashed yeah, potatoes? I was assuming I was assuming it was a meatball. Cause she like spits it out and her mom's like, what is it? Did you eat it? And she's like, no. And she goes like her mom takes the plate and goes back and like complains, which I just feel like is what any normal mom would do. Mm-hmm. I feel like, especially if you know, your child was a vegetarian, you'd probably freak out too, but there's more to that that yeah. we'll find out later. But that also kind of contradicts things for me as well. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but uh, yeah. So you find out that Justine's a, you know, a vegetarian you you meet her parents and then this like the whole scene where she's getting to the college and i love how when they get there um <laughs> they're waiting for i think Al- alex was supposed to be the one to pick her up right i think so yeah and she never shows up and then her dad just fucking is like okay we're gonna leave we're, we're leaving <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like you'll find your own way it's fine <laughs> like he's just like i'm not i'm not sitting here waiting any longer we're lo- we're going yeah. so they just leave her and I have a couple of places in this note in my notes where I'm like, fuck this school, dude. Right, man. It's like, honestly, the worst school I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God. Because like, <laughs> I know I, I know movies and I know colleges do stuff like this with initiation mm-hmm. type shit. But this is just fucking above and beyond. I'd be like, fuck this. I'm out. I don't yeah. I will find somewhere else to go to school. This is bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. for sure, because you get the scene where she's sleeping in bed. And then you start hearing like all this commotion outside. And so she wakes up and then this guy, uh, this is when you meet um, Adrian, which is her roommate. Mm-hmm. And he comes barging in and she's like, what the fuck are you doing in here? And he's like, I'm your roommate, whatever. And she's like, you're not a girl. And he's like, I'm a fag. <laughs> he, he basically, like, I'm a fag. Same thing. Like, yeah. She's like, he's like it's the same thing to them yeah he's like she's because she's like i asked for a girl and he's like well you got a fag it's the same thing to them yeah <laughs> and he's got like a ski pole in his hand and he hands it to her and then a whole bunch of these fucking like guys people with masks come into the room and start tearing they just start tearing the room apart and i'm just like, oh th- throwing their clothes at the window and their mattresses at the window <sighs> it's awful dude i would i would flip the fuck out if somebody came into my room and started just like doing that shit to me i'd be like uh mm-hmm. excuse me you're gonna pay for those fucking vinyl records that you just threw out the window <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, Billy, get them yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh they get pushed out into the hallway and there's a whole bunch of these other you know freshmen fresh meat as they probably mm-hmm. call them but um they're basically put through this fucking initiation thing where they have to crawl on their hands and knees through this. It looks like a parking garage or something when I was watching it. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, and then they get like, they crawl on their hands and knees and then they eventually get to like this party. And it's like a huge, you know, it's like a huge wild party. And you can tell Justine is just like not having it. She's like, I don't mm-hmm. want to fucking be anywhere near here. There's so yeah. many people around too. Yeah, like you can feel you can tell that she's a very like timid and sheltered person. But I mean, even putting that aside, like I was watching this and I was like, I like 
I have social anxiety, like where if there's not an exit within like easy reach, I'd start to like go into a fucking, not a panic attack, but like I start like, like I'm ready to start throwing elbows kind of thing. And like, I'm watching this and I'm just like, like my anxiety was going through the roof watching this scene. I was just like, Oh my God. Like everybody is so closed in and like, they're all sweaty and gross and like, uh, and they're Didn't not want only any part of it. Yeah. Not only that, but they're like making out with each other and just like yeah. basically fucking each other on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like they're just hor- hormone fucking filled teenagers basically. Yeah. Ugh. Um, but then this is when you meet Justine's sister, Alex, cause she meets up with Alex and then mm-hmm. they end up like leaving the party and they end up going off. It looks like um, kind of like a lab retory type of thing. It's like, a, it looks like a, like a little bit of a laboratory because they go in this like dark room and then you start seeing like they turn on the flashlights mm-hmm. and you see like these bottles and they have like all these like preserved animals in them. They look kind of gross. Like there's yeah. one that I saw that had a cat in it and yeah. another one that had like a pig and like, a there's dog. like a goat. Yeah. Cause this is a ve- uh, veterinary school. So that's like, I figured that they were just like preserved specimens or something like that. Yeah. And also I I'm all for it. Like I love animals. I love the things that veterinarians do, but I could never fucking be a, a veterinarian. Oh, Especially no, after watching this not. movie, some of the shit that they were doing in this movie, I was like, what? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Agreed. But um, then they're like going along the wall and you see like all these photos from, you know, past, uh, you know, freshman initiation type things. Mm-hmm. And you see, and they find the one of their parents because Alex shows, uh, justine the picture of their parents and they're like oh they would never do something like that and she's like look how happy they look <laughs> they're like is it it's a, supposed to be pig's blood that they're covered in because that's the gist that i got from that i yeah i would assume so some some sort of animal blood which is disgusting blood. it is um yes. oh god and uh so yeah then you find out that their parents also went to the school so it's yeah. like it's kind of you get this uh you get this idea that they're kind of um following in the footsteps of their parents and their mm-hmm. parents want want them to go to the school and you know pursue a uh, veterinarian type yeah. stuff um and i feel like that's why justine doesn't just like pack her shit and leave because like you can tell she doesn't want to be there that like whole first week that she's there oh yeah because she's she has a lot on her shoulders it seems like and a lot of a lot of people that you know, like teachers and, and stuff know who her sister is and know who their parents mm-hmm. are because she get, has that interaction with that teacher a little bit later mm-hmm. um, where he basically tells her, like, you have a lot of you have basically big shoes to fill type of thing. Yeah. He goes, um, oh, mistake already. He's just an asshole. <laughs> he was. <laughs> I have some thoughts on him. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, yeah, so after that scene, she gets back to her room and it's just completely fucking trashed. And she goes to like lay down and go to sleep. And it, um, I'm sure this is when you notice that her armpits are hairy, huh? Yep, it is. You like some hairy, hairy armpits, eh? No, I don't. You don't no, like I hairy don't. armpits or uh, what was it you called it? Jungle crotch? Jungle crotch, yeah. <laughs> Mark is not a fan of the hairy armpits or jungle crotch. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so she's just getting li- ready to lay down for bed, and then you hear Adrian bring somebody into his apartment, and you know, like he's probably gonna fuck them. Obviously, uh, yeah. I mean, like that'd be super awkward for a roommate to like 
regardless of the circumstances, like you can hear him saying like, oh, don't worry, my roommate's asleep. And like, well, no, I'm wide awake and I'm hearing all of this. <laughs> like, I think I would just be getting up and leaving. Uh, <clears throat> I'd be like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then it uh, the next scene is when they're um, watching the horse, like they're watching the horse get like work done on it. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I know that they're not like torturing it or anything, but it just like it looks like it's such torture for the horse because they tranquilize it. They lay it down. They mm-hmm. fucking force its mouth open and then they stick mm-hmm. a long tube down its throat mm-hmm. and then they suspend it by its legs from the fucking ceiling. It's like, ugh. yeah. And that's I mentioned earlier that there's like some stuff that I wanted to bring up and like that's one of them. And there's there's multiple scenes throughout this movie like because they're in a veterinary school right and i'm gonna jump ahead but it's not like story spoiling or anything like that but like the scene with the horse there's a scene where alexia has her um arm like elbow deep in a cow's asshole uh there's dogs that they have to dissect and then there was fuck there was something else too i can't remember but anyways i was just oh no, actually, I'll save that for after because that's not anything to do with an animal. But, um, like, obviously, all this stuff is actually happening. Like, that looked very much like a real horse. Um, the cow, I'm assuming, was real. So the actress, did she actually have her arm up this cow's ass? Um, and, like, the dogs. Like, the dogs, like, they looked really real. So if they're not real, like this fucking art department did a fucking fantastic job, but they like all these animals looked so real. And the actors in these scenes actually looked like they were doing this stuff. So I'd be interested to know if they actually were. I know. And I'm surprised that that wasn't, um, there wasn't anything about that, like in the trivia or anything. When I was looking Mm -hmm. up like fun facts for this film, I was surprised that there weren't more. Yeah, that's very true. Um, about like the behind the scenes because I'm like I'd be very interested I'm with you on that I would be very interested to know if like these were real animals you know mm-hmm. um, like the dogs that they had to dissect in that one scene I wonder if they were actual dead dogs that they just like yeah you know used for this film um, but uh, did you also notice because I noticed this on like because I watched this once last night and I watched it actually today too so that it was like fresher in my mind before we would mm-hmm. record did you notice that the horse has like a big gash on the side of its neck? Yes, I did notice that. And I don't know if that, I don't know if that means anything, but it kind of meant to me, it kind of was subtle to me. And I was like, I wonder if that has anything to do with Alex or. Yeah, that's true. You know, Cause it looks, it looks like a gash to the point that somebody took a bite out of its neck. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like a huge gash in it. And the way that shot is filmed, it's like, it's, it's filmed with the intent of you seeing that yeah definitely. it's kind of hard to miss that and i don't know i just kind of got that i kind of got that idea i don't know if that's actually what it was supposed to mean maybe it's just got a gash on its neck for no reason at all maybe i'm just reading into things but <laughs> i saw that and i was like hmm that might be interesting to note to bring up yeah yeah i don't know might uh, be I mean, a good discussion piece but it would make sense yeah um and then in the next scene is the scene where they get the blood poured all over them because they're standing outside and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Justine like fills like a, a blood, like a, a drop of blood splatter on her fucking because they're wearing like lab coats. And so she looks up mm-hmm. and she sees like the blood like just come f- falling down and it's so gross looking. 
<laughs> the scene is really cool though. It is cool. Yeah. Like, it's very, it's cool. all, it's all happening in slow motion. Yeah. It's very cool. But I'm just like imagining myself sitting there like, Oh, can you imagine what it would be like to be, not only do they have to be covered in blood, but they have to spend the entire fucking day like that. Yeah. That, that part gave me anxiety just for the simple fact that like, <laughs> I hate, like, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a super huge, like germaphobe by any means, but mm-hmm. there's specific things that like really gross me out. And one of them is being just covered in shit all the time. Like, like if I, if I went well, out it's blood, it's, it's not shit. I just meant like shit in general, like food <laughs> or, or, you know, mud or something like that. I would just hate to be covered in stuff like that. Like yeah. not, not let alone all fucking day, you know? <laughs> yeah. And like, like dried blood is like, so like sticky and like, crusty almost like it's just uh yeah it'd be a gross feeling for sure yeah um and then not only that not only do they get blood poured all over them but then they're standing in this line and they have to go up and they each have to take a piece of a raw rabbit kidney which i'm just like Mm -hmm. uh -uh. what would you rather do would you rather have the blood poured on you or would you rather eat the rabbit kidney that's a good question um if I get the blood poured all over me, do I have to wear it all day like they did? Yeah. Oh, God. I'd rather eat the rabbit kidney then. Just get it the <laughs> fuck over with. What about you? Same? Yeah. I mean, I feel like eating a rabbit kidney wouldn't be that bad. They're pretty yeah, small. Yeah, but it's raw, though. Yeah, but it's small enough. I guess. Yeah. And obviously, you know, Justine doesn't want to do it because she's a vegetarian. And so she tries to explain to the guy that's, you know, telling her to do this, that her sister will vouch for her. Like, she's like, I'm I'm the sister of Alexia and he's like oh no shit and so he mm-hmm. brings her over there and she just is like just eat it and Justine's like yeah. you know I'm a vegetarian and she's like just do it they're watching like don't be a pussy mm-hmm. uh basically and so she so uh fucking to prove her point Alexia picks up two pe- two rabbit kidneys and just eats them and then she's like yeah. okay you eat this one and so she eats it and then you know that's where this whole thing kind of starts mm-hmm. happening I like this scene with Adrian too, because Adrian like kind of sticks up for Justine. Cause like Alexia is like, Oh, just eat it. Just eat it. And he's like, well, why don't you fucking eat it? And then she doesn't at first. And then she ends up, like you said, eating the two pieces. Yep. And then she still makes her eat it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what was the point? I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, I do agree. I think, um, I think I really like Adrian and Justine's, relationship like friendship in this film i think it's like yeah it's not it's not super developed but it's developed enough that you like care about their you're invested in their characters Mm -hmm. and you're invested in the friendship that they have with each other um so i like that aspect of this film too um and i also like this lunch scene because they're talking about um the one guy brings up like monkey rape and how that's where the aids virus came from is because they were fucking monkeys and stuff like that yeah gross um (laughs) (coughs) sorry um and then justine points out you know that monkeys are self-aware so basically raping a monkey is the same thing as raping a human being and she's like that is it's like basically the same thing as a woman suffering after being raped and everybody Mm -hmm. at the table's like treating her like she's crazy for saying that and like there's like a group of girls sitting next to her and she's like so you think uh raping a girl is the same thing as raping a monkey and she's basically like yeah and they all just like they're like okay <laughs> yeah they're giving her side eyes for sure yeah which i'm like just this like this film has really subtle um undertones of like women woman empowerment and like being yeah. in charge of your own body and stuff like that and we'll get more into that later but um i like i like that the scene kind of points that out that um 
it doesn't matter if you're an animal or if you're a human being, like we all, we all have this um, recollection of shit that's happened to us, you know, and we all have like the power of our own body. So it's like when someone violates that, it's kind of Mm -hmm. fucked up. I don't know. I like that. She brings that up. Same here. Um, And then it like cuts to them in the classroom and she, they're still, they're still fucking covered in blood. I made that, (laughs) I made that comment. I was like, Oh God, they have to be there all day like that. That's awful. Yeah. Um, And then this is when you find out is Adrian cheating off of her. Yeah. He's trying to, and then she covers it up. Yeah. And she's like, it's not that hard. Like she's like, mm-hmm. it's not really not that hard. And then she walks to, up to the teacher and this is what I'm talking about. He's a fucking asshole. And I was hoping yeah. in this scene after watching this scene, I was like, I hope she eats him later. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, I hope, uh, I hope she pulls a fucking, uh, uh, what's that movie? Um, freaky and fucking kills her teacher. Like she doesn't have <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, man. Man. But, uh, yeah. So she basically walks up to him and she hands him her test and he's like, Oh, uh, you have big shoes to fill. Let's see if you've, uh, you know, set the bar high. And he's like, Oh, missed one already. <laughs> yeah. I know he's just a fucking prick. Pretentious such an, asshole. Such an asshole. Um, and then this is when you see Justine like sleeping in bed and she's like scratching herself and you see that she's like started developing like this awful. Fucking, uh, it's a gnarly looking rash too. Dude. It's so gross. And the way that she's scratching it, I was just like, Oh, oh. Cause she's like, not just scratching it. She's like digging. digging. Yeah. 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 I was um, just, I was waiting for her skin to like peel off underneath her fingernails. Oh God. It's so gross. And so she goes to like, uh, she, um, she realizes that it's like all over her body too. Cause she lifts up her shirt and she's got like a huge mm-hmm. rash on her stomach and on her chest. And so she goes to see the school nurse and this was this scene kind of made me cringe because the nurse is just like peeling pieces yeah. of dead skin off of her as she's talking to her because she's like are you uh pregnant or anything like that and she's like well I'm, i've never had sex and she's like right she like doesn't believe her at all. <laughs> she's like, okay whatever you say yeah <laughs> um but i also like the scene because well and i thought it was funny how after the nurse is done like examining her and whatnot she gives her like some cream like lotion to put on it to kind yeah. of help it out yeah um and then I love how she just lights up a cigarette. I'm, I, was I know. Like, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to smoke in <laughs> places like that, but okay. <laughs> well, fuck, everybody's just smoking everywhere. It's like, is there no like restrictions on that over there? I guess not. I don't know. <laughs> but she just fucking lights up a cigarette and starts talking mm-hmm. to her. And I, this is this is another um, theme of like, like underlining theme of you know uh, body issues and you know, uh, eating disorders and stuff like that. Cause she talks about how like there was this overweight, uh, student that came in to see her and she, you know, examined her. And then after she was done examining her, the girl started crying and was like, you're the first person to, you know, examine me and not mention my weight. And she's like, mm-hmm. well, why would I mention your weight it has nothing to do with what I'm, you know, trying to test you for, because she talks about how this girl went to like a whole bunch of other, you know, places and they kept sending her from place to place because they couldn't jab the needle in her because they couldn't get past her fat on her arms and she was like i had no trouble finding her veins i don't know why that was ever an issue Mm -hmm. so i like how i like how she brings that up and she talks about how um she chose not to say anything to anybody because she wanted to just blend in she wanted to be average and she asked Justine what she thinks of herself. And she's like, average. And she's like, okay, we'll just, you know, wait it out. It'll, the the worst will be over soon, basically. 
Yeah. I just thought, I just, I, that's what, that's one of the main reasons why I love this film so much is because it, it, it explores like a different, I don't know, what's the word? It explores a different route in when it, well, what it means to be a young woman mm-hmm. transitioning into adulthood and, you know, dealing with issues like that, like body image and, mm-hmm. you know, eating disorders and stuff like that. This film like touches on that in a very subtle way. Yeah. But I like the way that they do that. Yeah, that's something that I bring up in my review as well. Is like it touches on so many different issues. Oh, for sure. Um, so in the next scene, she's walking down the hallway and she gets stopped by one of the well, they tell her to call them the elders or whatever. That's yeah, fucking oh man, it drives me crazy. Yeah. And this one fucking girl stops her and she's like, um, why aren't you wearing the dress code today? And she's like, what? Is, she's like, did you not hear what we we're you're supposed to be dressed as today? And she's like, what? And she's like, the theme is nightclub. <laughs> so she's, like, <laughs> she's like, I don't have anything like that. And so she fucking makes her wear a diaper to class for not having like the right kind of dress code. Yeah, it's, it's fucking terrible, man. I know. I'm so glad like I never had to experience any of that shit when I went to college or high school. Uh, thank God. Because this I'm just like, I've never seen shit like this so bad before Mm -hmm. like i know like i said in the beginning i know that they do you know hazing and stuff like that is no you know is nothing different when it comes to like college and stuff but this is extreme like this is ridiculous um yeah but uh yeah so then she uh goes she's in alex's room and she's uh alex is like picking out an outfit for her to wear for the dress code and correct me if i'm wrong she's like going through alex's thing and she's like correcting things for her and alex like gets pissed off and she's like fuck off because she's like oh it's just you just i'm just trying to you know do this and this and this because if you look at the paper you see like all the shit that's like being corrected on her and at first she's she's like she's like oh my god your handwriting is atrocious and she's like what'd you do (laughs) write this on the what is it the washer or something i think so yeah And she's like, get the fuck out of here. And she gives her like her, she gives her like a pair of her shoes and talks about how her big feet are going to stretch them out. And she's like, that. yeah, you're just kind of a bitch sometimes. She is. But it, I mean, it's a good representation of the way two sisters are. I think. Oh, for sure. That's how me and my sister are. So, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> um, And that outfit that she gives her, like, how is that nightclub themed? It, well, it's I more don't... like it's more like going to a mormon banquet or something like that <laughs> that's like a luncheon or something yeah 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 <laughs> well i mean if justine wouldn't fucking wear pants underneath it it'd probably be more nightclubby but she decides to fucking put it on under her clothes so she and i love this shot of her like walking through like it looks like the quad area and mm-hmm. she cannot fucking walk in these heels to save her life she's like <laughs> stumbling on him and people are giving her like weird looks yeah and uh and then this is when she finds her fucking mattress outside on the ground, like amongst all these other mattresses. And this is when I was mm-hmm. like, seriously, fuck this school. Like seriously, yeah. fuck this school. Cause not only does she have to find her mattress, she has to drag it back upstairs. Mm-hmm. How many, however many flights of stairs she has to fucking walk up dragging this huge ass mattress. I'd be like, Nope, I'm done. I don't care. if my, <laughs> I don't care if my parents are prodigies at the school. I don't care if, you know, fuck it. I'm out. Yeah. Um, and then I love when she gets back to the apartment, she fucking walks in and Adrian's getting like oral sex from some guy <laughs> and he just closes the door on her. Yeah. Yeah. And she like just stands outside the door, like listening, like with her ear up, like not her ears, not on the door, but like, she's definitely listening to him and we can hear like what's going on on the inside too. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and then this is the scene where they're in the cafeteria because they're uh, getting food and she ends up trying to steal a hamburger patty, which is so mm-hmm. gross. Like she grabs one and it's like covered in like sauce and stuff. She just puts yeah. it in her pocket. I'm like, Bleh. yeah, just. Uh... And the and the one girl catches her doing it and she's like, I need to I need to see what's in your pocket because I need to because he's just like, OK, here you go. He tries to give her money to pay mm-hmm. for it because he's like whatever don't make a big deal out of it and she's like well i still need to see what she took so i know you know what to charge her for and so she shows her and yeah so then adrian's kind of like what the fuck why would you do that mm-hmm. he's like why why would you try to steal a hamburger patty i don't understand he's like yeah. that's so weird um and then this is when him her and adrian go into town to what are they doing like so they're celebrating something well, they're going there because uh, so no one can see her eating the meat. Yeah. Are they not? I don't know. if. They, oh. What are they celebrating? I don't know. He said something on the when they were on the bus. He's like, and we're celebrating. It's, he's like, it's my treat or whatever. Oh, I don't know. Maybe just she's having her first piece of meat. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then they take they take the bus into town and then you see the wreck from the beginning of the movie. <laughs> Oh yeah, true. So yeah. you see like the aftermath of the crash and they're driving by and you can see that the guy that was in the crash is clearly dead mm-hmm. and it looks like it looks like his fucking forehead is just like peeled off. Peeled off, yeah. <laughs> um and then this is like a weird scene too because they're eating they're eating in front of this well that's gas station that you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the gas station I I texted you last night whenever i was watching and i was like was this filmed in canada because like we have these gas stations and then i looked at all the filming locations and they're all in belgium it's like what the fuck like that's weird because like even the writing on the sign is all english like it's an on the run is what the gas station's called and we have them all over canada maybe it's just a french canadian thing maybe well, that's what i th- maybe they're paying homage or something i don't know maybe yeah <laughs> Or maybe they really Canada. Yeah. Or maybe they really do have uh, gas stations like that there. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was cool. Yeah. Um, So they're sitting outside of this like gas station and she's eating like a kebab type of thing. She's like Mm -hmm. meat and vegetables. And she's like just fucking going to town on this thing. She's just eating into it. And this weird truck driver guy comes up to them and starts like stroking his ear. It's so weird. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, I don't know if you guys have, well, obviously you would have them down in the States, but like we call them lot lizards up here and they're based, they're like prostitutes for truckers. Basically they hang around like truck stops and shit like that. Yeah. So it was almost as if this guy was acting like Adrian was a, a lot lizard. Like he came up, like you said, like he was definitely putting some moves on him, trying to get him to come with some kind of thing. But yeah. this, this truck driver is fucking disgusting he yeah he's gross and he's just being really fucking weird and then he's just mm-hmm. like well d- d- he's like do they not feed you down there she like like because <laughs> she's just like <sighs> like she's just like fucking yeah and adrian's kind of giving her like a look like damn girl slow down <laughs> <laughs> oh, i've man. never been to a gas station where you can get a fucking shish kebab from though me either i, I don't know if i trust it I definitely wouldn't. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I don't need that. Yeah. No, thanks. Um, I've, oh, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I've had enough gas station burritos to know that it's not a good idea to eat their food. <laughs> Spending six hours in the shitter. Ugh. The worst. Um, damn. 
I just, uh, I don't know what to tell you, man. They're having, <laughs> they're having a good time up there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not annoyed. I promise. So I, that wasn't okay. like a damn, like, no, it was more so like a, whoa, every time I hear something, it sounds like just like mag, like magnify it. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on up there? It sounds like it's because the baby likes to like, just take things and throw them. Mm. But like babies yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then this is the scene where uh, Adrian catches Justine in the fridge. She's like hunched over the fridge and he's like, what are mm-hmm. you doing? What are you doing? She's like, Oh, I'm eating cereal. Like <laughs> leave me alone. Like mind your business. <laughs> some funny looking cereal. Yeah. And then she starts eating like just raw meat from the fridge. She just starts. Ugh. So gross. Ugh. Raw chicken of all things too. Yeah. She just like goes to town on it. And then, um, in this next scene she's sitting there like and she's like eating her so like this whole scene from beginning to end uh, the second time i watched it today like when i watched it today before we started recording i actually like, literally almost threw up so i can understand that i can understand why this scene made people vomit yes because this one this made me want to vomit and it's not even like gory it's just gross like um so she's sitting there and the teacher's basically hounding her and accusing her of cheating because you know he's like he's accusing her of helping or helping adrian cheat um but yeah so in this scene uh she's sitting there and she's listening to the teacher basically accuse her of cheating and um she's like chewing on her hair the entire time he's like talking to her and i'm just like like i'm just like hair like loose hair in any way shape or form like if there's hair in my food if like i get a piece of hair in my mouth and i can't get it out and i'm just sitting there like gagging it just made like even talking about it (laughs) makes me want to go throw up um yeah um this this is one of the scenes that i wanted to bring up earlier too but i'll let finish finish what you were just gonna say but oh no 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 uh well that was basically it because she's just like sitting there as he's just hounding her and um, basically verbally attacking her, basically telling her that she doesn't, she isn't a good fit for this school, that she should go somewhere else. Like she doesn't belong shit like that. Yeah. Just horrible stuff. And the entire time she's just sitting there chewing on her hair and I'm just like, that's yeah. so fucking gross. But then the next scene is even worse. <laughs> so bad. And I'll let you take it away. Cause you had some thoughts. Well, yeah. So what I was saying before with like all the animals and shit, like obviously well, I'm assuming that the actors like had actually had to do these things to the animals and with the animals and whatnot. But like at the same time, this scene. So after she's eating her hair, chewing on her hair or whatever, the next scene is her like gagging into the sink and she's pulled like she looks like a clown with like those ribbons pulling it out of her mouth. But it's it's fucking hair and she's just like pulling it and pulling it and pulling it and like. I have a wife with long hair and every once in a while we have to to, like fucking clean the drain in the bathtub and I can't do it. Like she has to do it because like I, I literally gag. Um, But it was like the hair coming out of her mouth looked like that. And I'm sure if you have any female listeners, they can attest to this, but like it's fucking disgusting. But what I was concerned about with the scene is like, she really looks like she's pulling that out of her mouth. So, like, was all of this hair actually in her mouth to film this scene? <laughs> like, uh. oh, but like, it really, really looked like Jesus Christ. It really looked like she was pulling it out of her mouth. 
And yeah, like you said that you were gagging. I was equally <laughs> just as bad. I was like, Ugh. like I, I literally like handle it. I literally like audibly gagged. I went, Ugh. yeah, like and yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, me oh, too. Yeah. That was the only scene in this whole movie that like made me gag. And like, there's some fucking crazy shit later on, but like this scene was just like, oh, fuck, <laughs> couldn't do it. Oh God. Yeah. And so she gets done with that. She like pulls this like fucking, it looks like a five foot long strand of like yeah. soggy looking straight out of the freaking uh, bathtub. You were just talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Thing of hair out of her mouth. And then uh, she gets done and she's standing in front of the mirror and this other girl walks up to her and she's like, <laughs> <laughs> she's basically uh, like, you know, two fingers will make it come up faster. <laughs> that's all she says and then justine just walks off and the girl just stands there and she's just like looking at herself in the mirror smiling um, and playing with her hair yeah um, <laughs> and then this is the scene right after directly after that there's just like a handful of like little disgusting scenes in this uh little time span because this is the scene where she finds her sister and she's in yeah. the the little uh corral thing with all these animals and her fucking arm is just like she's like <laughs> basically up to her shoulder in this cow's asshole yeah and she uh she like pulls her hand out and there's a bunch of shit that just comes with it mm-hmm. and like this is something that like that that like farmers and like vets actually have to do but it's just like it's it was really weird to see in a movie and like like it's not like it's not like it was filmed where the camera was like in front of the cow where they could like play with the angle a little bit and make it look like it was actually in there no like Alexi's arm was in the cow's ass. Like there is no getting around it. I, maybe it was a fake cow, but I mean, her arm was in it. Yeah, it looks real to me. Uh, yeah, me too. But I mean, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's just like holy fuck. Like this movie only had a three point five million euro budget, and I don't think that's enough money to even just pay me to a eat a fucking ball of hair. And B to shove my arm up a cow's asshole. Yeah, it's, oh, it's so gross. <laughs> um, so then this is when they decide to they're drinking on the roof, and Alex is talking about how she made out with a guy once that had one arm because she's like, "Oh, he was wearing this blazer, and he just tossed it over his shoulder." And I was like, "Oh, he's he must be rich or something." <laughs> and then she's like, "And then, but then I realized he just had one arm." <laughs> yeah. Um, there's some like there's some comedic moments throughout this movie, but. There are, and the comedic moments that are in this movie are just so fucking like bizarre. They're yeah, so yeah. weird. It's like because mm-hmm. in this in the same scene, uh, uh, Justine's asking her, "Do you think I'm weird?" And Alex is like, "No, you're like you're the one in the family that's not weird. I'm the weird one." And then mm-hmm. she goes to stand up and she just starts peeing while she's standing. Up. <laughs> pulls her pants down and she's like, "Look, you can pee while you're standing up. You just have to push hard enough." Yeah. <laughs> and so Justine tries it and she ends up just peeing all over herself, which was mm-hmm. fucking hilarious because she's mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, "I'm getting it all over myself," and she's like, "Just squat, regular squat." <laughs> yeah, I love that scene. Me too, because um, it's a good scene between them two as sisters. Like you kind of get more of their like bond as sisters because yeah they bicker they fight throughout this film and it mm-hmm. gets worse uh when the film progresses but at the end of the day they, they they're still sisters and they still have their back each other's back so it's nice yeah. to see a scene where they're actually like getting to, getting along with each other and they're laughing with each other and spending good quality time together it's just nice to see for sure 
it's a family drama as well. So, you know, you get, you get a little bit of everything in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then she asks Alex if she can stay over cause she's not feeling well. And then Alex is basically like, well, you never feel well. So that, that to me, basically f- for me, the gist of that is that um, Justine's always been struggling with like, an eating disorder like she's always been anorexic or like she makes herself throw up yeah i mean and like every time that we see her eat like yeah she's a vegetarian cool but i mean vegetarians still get protein into their system and like besides the like meat that we see her eat like probably about the halfway mark throughout the movie we've only ever seen her eat mashed potatoes and like carrots like that's literally it so i mean She's not getting any protein in her body whatsoever from, from what we've seen anyways. Yeah. And it, it seems like the food that she does eat, she seems to just like throw it back up mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but yeah, that, that's something I noticed when I watched this uh, today, I was like, is she making that comment because she's always been struggling with a de- eating disorder? Cause she, she just yeah. basically says like, you're always, you're never feeling well or whatever. You're always sick. Yeah. Um, and then this is a, uh, <laughs> this is your favorite this is your favorite scene this is the jungle crotch scene (laughs) Uh, we talked about this scene a little bit last night when we were texting back and forth too yeah yeah (laughs) because justine stays over at alex's apartment and then uh this is when the wheel started turning for me because she's brushing her teeth and uh she looks through the medicine cabinet and she finds the same lotion that was in her that she got from the doctor for her rash Mm -hmm in her sister's medicine cabinet. I was like, huh? Yeah. Okay. I was like, I see where this is going now. Um, and so then she gets the idea to basically wax, uh, Justine's vagina. So there's that. Well, weird... it... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 you go. I was going to, I was going to say, cause she like makes a comment about her armpits and then doesn't she say like, Oh, what's it look like down there? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, because first she's a she first she like plucks a few hairs off of her eyebrows, mm-hmm. and she's like she's like how does that look? And she's like it looks the same to me. And she's like what about your armpits? And then she starts talking about like down you know those the carpet mats the drapes basically. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you get that weird shot of her just like laying on the bed with her legs wide open. The dog that comes up and starts trying to oh like, yeah, I'm like what the fuck? <laughs> so fucking weird. And then her sister comes and she just like. And this part uh, was gross for me because it's like you get all these close-up shots of basically Justine's crotch and it's like that you can see the the pubes just fucking shooting out from underneath her underwear. Mm-hmm. Her jungle crotch basically. Her jungle crotch, yeah. It was it was basically like a toned down scene from Scary Movie where like he pulls off Cindy's pant uh, panties and like it's just like a big, like, big bush pops out <laughs> it wasn't quite it wasn't quite that bad but i mean it, it was pretty rough starts cutting through it with a fucking yeah yeah <laughs> but it was also cringy to me because when she's like pulling on it when she's like uh, pulling the strip because she puts the strips of wax on there she like puts mm-hmm. the hot wax on there and then she starts trying to pull it off mm-hmm. and i was like oh the whole time i was like shit ouch that looks like yeah. really painful and I, th- like you said do you really think that they actually did that in this movie too with the Man, wax her, shit. her skin was pulling like it looked like it was pretty legit yeah I was like, and like <sighs> this watch like i watched it last night for this episode but like 
that was only my second time watching this movie. So I couldn't fully remember like every little scene. And I was just like, Oh, does her skin rip off? Like, I feel like, like this would be like a perfect, uh, cabin fever type sort of scene where she's like waxing her and then just like a big clump of skin comes off. I couldn't remember what happened in this scene. So I was like kind of cringing the whole time watching it, just like anticipating what was going to happen. But, uh, yeah, no, that, that doesn't happen. Um, and then this is when uh, Alex like puts more wax on the other side because she's like, okay, that's enough. And she's like, well, now we got to make it even because like one side's like one part of it's wax, the other one's not. So we got to make it yeah. even. And then she ends up getting it stuck. Like she can't get it off. Mm-hmm. And so she ends up trying to use the scissors and uh, Justine's like freaking out. And she accidentally like, I don't know, she like kicks her sister or something, but the, the sister ends up accidentally cutting off her finger, which I don't think that scissors would cut your finger off like that. But I think they could like if uh, they could. But I mean, in this scenario, I can't see it happening. I don't either, because like she she somehow cuts her finger off and then she like passes. She like she faints and passes out. Yeah. And uh, Justine calls the co- like calls an ambulance and while she's waiting for the ambulance to get there, she's like sitting in front of the fridge and she picks up her sister's finger and she's just like looking at it. Mm-hmm. And then she just starts eating it. <laughs> she's like chowing down on it too. She's just like, Ooh, yum. Like a corn on yeah. the cob type of thing. That's how she. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was going nuts. It was like a chicken wing to her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then her sister wakes back up and catches her doing it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then they're at the hospital and this scene made me laugh so hard the first time because I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> but she's sitting there with her parents and there's this old man sitting across from oh. her. <laughs> <laughs> and it made me laugh because it was like such a what the fuck moment. Like I was like literally yeah. like, what just fucking happened? So she's like sitting there and this old man's like staring at her. So then she smiles at him and he like pops his like fucking dentures out. I know. And then like, she's just like, kind of like, what the fuck? And then he starts laughing. Like he just starts laughing at her. And I'm like, okay, that was weird. He's like laughing hysterically too. (laughs) Yeah. Like he thinks it's like the funniest thing in the world. He's like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Oh man. It's weird. Like that's how, that's like the thing I love about this movie is that there's so many like, kind of like what the fuck moments in this film that are just kind of like, what the hell is going on here? But I, I I like it. I don't know why. But, uh, but, uh, yeah. So then the sister Alex ends up coming out from, you know, the, the hospital room and she's like in a wheelchair and this seems kind of weird. Cause the mom is like treating Alex as if she's like a child. Cause she's sitting in there and she's like, I'm not disabled. And she's like, you are disabled. And, um, yeah, Justine's like, leave her alone. And then her dad's like, don't you talk to your mother like that? What's wrong with you? And so Justine's <laughs> like, I have to go pee. And then Alex goes to sit up to go follow her. And the mom just like, fucking pushes her back there yeah (laughs) and she's like uh, and then they're like asking her um they're asking the doctor why she can't get her finger reattached and fucking alex is just like quickie over there ain't my finger (laughs) quickie's in the dog yeah and this like when she said that like i was kind of expecting the parents to like be like what the fuck you ate her finger Mm -hmm. but they don't really say anything like they're just kind of like okay I don't know. So I found that kind of weird, but then it makes sense towards the end, but no, 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 no. She played it off that the dog ate it. Cause quickie's the name of the dog. Oh, duh. Duh. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but at the same time, at the same time, like the, 
you would think that the parents would maybe clue in. Yeah, yeah. You maybe and maybe they do. I don't know. Yeah, and they just kind of like let it go. Yeah, they're kind of hoping that it, you know, it was just an accident or not as big of a deal as it is as actually actually is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then yeah, so Justine goes out to the parking lot and she's like trying to make herself throw up again. And then she and then I realized that she's using two fingers like the girl in the bathroom suggested. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, she's taking the girl's advice. Um, <laughs> and so she walks back and her dad's like standing out there like smoking a cigarette and he just hands he's like, Do you smoke? And she's like, Sure. And so he just yeah. lets his daughter smoke. Mm-hmm. and they're talking about putting the dog down and she's like well why and he's like well once an animal basically tastes human blood it can be a dangerous thing because they might want to bite again mm-hmm. um and so yeah so they're talking and then he's talking about how like he's like never have two girls it's way too hard he's like, don't have two daughters <laughs> it's way too difficult and then he just walks yeah. off <laughs> oh man um, and then the next scene, it's like them on top of, it looks like on top of a roof again, that same roof. And she's pushing Alex in like the wheelchair. And Alex is like, are mom and dad still here? And Justine's like, no. And she's like, she just gets up out of the wheelchair and fucking <laughs> across the. <laughs> well, I mean, like she, she got her finger chopped off. Like she doesn't need a fucking wheelchair anymore. I know. But for some reason, the mom seems to think so. Yeah. That's weird. Um, and so Alex basically takes her somewhere because she's like, I need to talk to you. And so they go to that, they go to that same road again and they're like sitting on the side of the road and they're waiting for a car to come. And then a car does come and Alex does the same thing that she did at the beginning of the movie where she just jumps in front of the car and it crashes. And uh, you can tell Justine's like not having any part of this. Like she wants no Mm -hmm. part of it because at first she's kind of like, no, like what the fuck are you doing? Cause she goes up to the car and then she like goes away. Cause she doesn't want to look at it. And then her sister just walks up and starts opening the door and eating this, (laughs) like eating this guy's fucking face basically. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, cause he has a big head wound like on the top of his head and she like starts licking it and like biting at it and stuff. It's fucking gross. Cause she's like, he's not going to make it anyway. So she's like, might as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, might as well. I mean, yeah. why waste it? Yeah, why waste it? <laughs> um, and so her and Justine kind of get into a little bit of an argument, and then Justine starts walking along the highway by herself, and she just takes off her shirt and just starts walking in her bra. Yeah. No reason at all. Well, I guess to... I think she had blood like on a her blood shirt. stain on her shirt, yeah. but yeah, even then, I'm like, you know, anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. But... uh uh, and then this is when the dissection scene happens because she's in it's the next day and they're like in that uh, little uh, laboratory type thing and they're dissecting all these animals and she got like a dead it looks like a what is it a German shepherd yeah and she's just like fucking they're, the teacher's like okay you have 45 minutes whatever do your thing and she just starts digging into this fucking animal just cutting yeah she doesn't open. even she doesn't even fucking think twice about it and like yeah. Adrian's is he's standing there and like watching her. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, cause like nobody else has cut into their dog yet. And she just like, like no big deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that, but before that, she, uh, he asks her to help him uh, tie his thing around like his little uh, yeah. uh, plastic little thing. And she's like, this is when you can tell that she's starting to like crave him. Cause she's standing there and she's looking at the back of his neck mm-hmm. and she's just got like these, this hunger in her eyes. She's like, Oh, I just want to, yeah dive right in the way that i look at mark on a daily basis you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
she was i that's that's the way i saw that scene i was like you know what i i know that look i know that look <laughs> the same way i look at mark every day so you know uh, i i can relate <laughs> just kidding oh man um but uh yeah so he's like did you tie it and she's like i couldn't do it. i couldn't get it around he's like whatever and so yeah she just starts fucking digging into this dog like mm-hmm. no like not a care in the world and he's just kind of like standing there like the fuck is wrong with this bitch yeah oh man and then this is the scene where she's standing there watching him play soccer because he's like playing uh soccer in the parking lot and he's you know shirtless and you know and she's just standing there like she wants to eat him yeah like you can tell that she's infatuated by him at this point well like it's not uh it almost looks like it's like a sexual infatuation but at the same time it's like bloodlust yeah yeah yep so she's like sexually attracted to him but she's sexually attracted to him in the way that she like wants to eat him see what he tastes like (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then she just gets like a bloody nose out of nowhere Mm -hmm. which which i'm curious how they uh filmed that yeah i don't know and like i want to know like what the significance of it was too (gasps) maybe Maybe it's like the significance, like once a dog tastes blood. Oh, maybe. Maybe. So like, I don't know. Maybe she like tastes her own blood and then that's kind of where it just goes from mm-hmm. there. I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. So, something, there's something significant about it, but um, so we're getting into one of the scenes that really confuses me. So in th- this next scene, Mark, I had a question and maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe I just missed something or maybe, but I'm, I'm really confused about the scene because I started thinking, is there something paranormal going on at the school? Because there's that shot of the dog underneath the sheet. And then the sheet just comes off of it as if it's pulled by an invisible force. I was like, what the fuck is that about? Like, there's nobody there. There's nobody in the room, but it's clearly, you can see the sheet fall off as if it's pulled off by something. Do you know what that is supposed to signify? I was confused by that. There's some scenes that happen where I feel like she's dreaming. Do you think that's just like a dream? It, I don't know, maybe because like there's a scene after two where she's like underneath her covers and like people are like beating on her. See, and I thought that was like a hallucination because you can tell she's having like withdrawals, withdrawal, mm-hmm. withdrawal. I can't say that word. You know what I'm trying to say? Withdrawals, she's having withdrawals, yeah. yeah. Um, for because she hasn't, I don't think she's eaten, you know, human flesh yeah. yet. So she's like having with and that scene. That scene, I was a little less confused by watching it the second time because I was like, okay, she's probably hallucinating this. But the whole dog scene, that wasn't clear whether or not that was a dream. They never made that clear. Yeah. I and I know. thought that was kind of weird. I was like, that that seemed a little unnecessary to be in there for some reason. Mm-hmm. It, so, I mean, maybe it was a hallucination too. I don't know. Maybe. It just doesn't, it's just not clear though. Like it, they don't make it clear whether or not it was a hallucination or if this actually happened. So yeah, I don't know. It just looked weird. Cause it, you can clearly see, you know, it looks like someone yanks the corner of it and pulls it off, but mm-hmm. I'm like, there's nobody there. So I'm like, what the fuck? I thought that was yeah. weird anyway. Yeah. And then speaking of weird, this whole scene, this whole deck scene, when she's like, she's basically listening to this like hip hop song this techno hip hop song <laughs> and she's like dancing. She's wearing her sister's dress, except this time she's just wearing the dress. There's like no pants underneath. She's, mm-hmm. you know, and this is like when you realize that she's starting to transition from this innocent, like sweet girl into like yeah. kind of like a, you know, a sex crazed. Yeah. <laughs> Cause she's like putting on red lipstick in the mirror. And she's like dancing all like slutty and, <laughs> and like watching herself. But, uh, 
this is something that the director like really worked hard on her with was because I think like the way she was towards the beginning of the movie is like actually how she was in real life. Like she's a very timid person because I read one of the trivia facts and apparently the director was like constantly working with her throughout the whole movie to like work on her posture and to work on her own body image and stuff like that. So this is where like you can really start to tell that she's kind of getting a little more comfortable in her own skin. Yeah. Yeah. Where she's starting to almost kind of embrace uh, these new urges that are being thrown her way. She's kind of starting Mm -hmm. to embrace it instead of trying to like run away from it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I, I I do like the scene. It was a little weird the first time I watched it. I was like, what the fuck? is Cause she's like basically kissing the mirror and like making out with her (laughs) reflection in the mirror. And I'm just like, so weird. (laughs) And then, um, she uh she ends up hearing like someone in the in adrian's room next door she goes in there and her sister and adrian are playing video games together mm-hmm. and this is when you kind of get a um kind of a territorial jealousy type of thing from justine because she's like why are you hanging out with him yeah you know? and she's like isn't he gay she's like why does it matter isn't he gay and uh so after that scene this is where the scene where she's having withdrawals, where she's like basically in the fetal position in bed, but then like people are beating on her. Mm-hmm. And the first time I watched this, I was like, what the fuck is happening? I feel like that's a really good like interpretation of, of the effects of withdrawals. Cause like I used to be an addictions counselor. Um, and that was like one of the things that a lot of my clients had commented on was like the pain that comes with withdrawals from certain drugs. So like she's underneath the cover covers and she's sweating and like, she just like can't get comfortable. She's constantly like flopping around. And then on top of that, she's like hallucinating these people, like beating on her over top of the blankets. So it's like that pain, that pain of the withdrawal where it feels like someone's just beating on her the whole time. Yeah. And and, in the first, the first time I watched this, I didn't, I didn't quite catch that. But then when I watched it today, before we uh, did this episode, I was like, okay, I understand what's happening now. Cause, cause I think the first time I watched it, I was thinking, okay, with the whole sheet, with the dog thing, I was starting to think, okay, maybe there's something paranormal going on here. So mm-hmm. when she's getting beat underneath the sheet, I was like, okay, is this like a, like a, if she doesn't eat human flesh, this is what happens. Like, is like a, so I, I started thinking like, maybe there's like a, cause it's been so long since I watched this movie the first time. Cause I'd watched this movie before we had watched, I watched it last night, but it had been so mm-hmm. long. I didn't really remember any of it. Yeah. And I'm saying they're like, is there like a, you know, does she have like a demon attached to her that's like going to force her to like eat people now? And if she doesn't, it's just going to like do this, is what's going to happen to her. I don't know. So in my mind, I wasn't the last thing I was thinking last night when I watched this film was that she was going through withdrawal. But when I watched it today, I was like, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. She's obviously sure. hallucinating this whole thing. But um, yeah. And I'm glad that you brought up the fact that you're an addictions counselor because I think that like really paints a better picture of like what the scene was trying to depict too. Mm-hmm. It used to be, I'm not anymore, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So then Justine gets up and she goes to one of the rooms and then they just fucking throw paint on her. I'm just like, what is like, she literally opens the door and just like whoom, a bunch of, Oh, I hit my mic. Um, <laughs> just like a can of paint like flies into her face. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like this school is awful. <laughs> Like at this point, like she's got these like cannibalistic urges. Like, I, yeah, jump on them like a fucking spider monkey and just start gnawing on their neck or something. Right. 
Um, and then she ends up going to the, she ends up getting pushed into this fucking bathroom with this random guy and mm-hmm. he's covered in paint too. And he starts trying to like make out with her. And this kind of goes back to the whole, you know, my body, my choice type of thing, which mm-hmm. is just kind of like, she's resisting at first. And then, you know, you end up hearing him scream and he comes out and hit the fucking bottom chunk oh. of his lip is just completely torn off. Like his yeah. bottom lip is basically gone. It almost looked like a cleft lip, but like on the bottom. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. Um, and so then it cuts to her like in the shower, washing all the paint off and she like pulls the chunk. She still has the chunk of skin. Like I'm guessing it's like between her teeth or something or stuck in her teeth. Cause she's trying to get it oh. out. I thought it was a tooth that she pulled out. I thought it was at first too, but I'm pretty sure it's the chunk of it's a, the piece of his lip. Okay. But she she picks it back up and then she eats mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, Ugh. yeah, and like I caught that, but I was just like, like I I thought she was pulling out one of her teeth, and then she put it back in her mouth. I was like, oh, like what? Like that's not flesh or that? Like that'd be like eating a rock. Like I don't know, but yeah, that makes more sense that it'd be like that chunk of flesh. So gross looking too. Ugh. Um, and then she, she ends up getting out of the shower and Adrian, you know, she gets in bed next to Adrian. She's laying with him and they're like smoking a joint together. Mm. And then he's just asking her a bunch of sexual questions. Like, are you still turned on? Like, did, did what he did turn you on? And she's like, I don't know. Why do you want to know? And he's like, I don't know, just to know, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she ends up going to bed and then he, he starts trying to like masturbate to gay porn. Like he puts on gay porn. Yeah. And then she walks in on him and they just start fucking yep and she's like like it starts off as just like normal sex and then she eventually starts giving into those like carnal desires and like trying to like bite his neck and like bite his shoulder and stuff like that and like not in the typical like sexual way like she is like trying to eat this guy Yeah, she's like, <laughs> and, well, and she's like fucking just going to town. She is just like grunting and just completely being, and he's like, stop. Cause she's like being so rough. Yeah. Like she's like, I, ugh, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then instead of biting him, she ends up biting her own arm. And that's mm-hmm. how she like ends up climaxing. Cause she ends up yeah. climaxing and she's like sitting there and she's like biting her arm and there's just blood fucking gushing out of her arm. Mm-hmm. And, um, I like that this I like that the scene kind of portrays the fact that she um, has control over her own body and like her animalistic Mm -hmm. urges because she could have easily bit him, but she bit herself to stop herself from doing that. So I kind of like that. I kind of like that you get this conflict with her where she's really trying not to give into these urges, but that's kind of like what her character at this point kind of thrives on now. Mm hmm. Sure. Like that's how she that's how she gets her pleasure that's how she gets sexual pleasures by you know doing that kind of thing so it's like i don't know i kind of like that i like that that scene shows that she still has control and she's not yeah. completely you know <laughs> out of control of her own body and her own thoughts and her own urges and stuff like that i think that's really a really cool way to do i don't know you know what i'm trying to say <laughs> yeah yeah i get you <clears throat> fuck um yeah, but uh, yeah, and then this is in the next scene, in the next scene, her and Adrian are in class together, and he's kind of just ignoring her now, mm-hmm. like he's just kind of being weird to her. And she's like, "What? So you deflower? This is how you treat a girl after you deflower her?" And they basically start having an argument. He basically tells her, "He's like, I'm gay, okay." He's like, "I didn't, you know, 
I wasn't hiding from it for 20 years just to have sex with a girl now, right? Like he's yeah. like, fuck this shit. So he ends up leaving. And then it cuts to that party scene. Like there's another party scene. And I was like, what the fuck? Cause there's the there's the shot of this girl and she's like licking this guy's eyeball. And I'm like, <laughs> what is ha- this is another one of those examples of like just some weird shit in this movie that I'm just like, what the fuck? I know. Yeah, there's some fucking weird ass imagery. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of cool, but I was just like, okay, I don't know. Like, I'm just like, so who signed? Like, how much did they get paid to do that? Because I'm like, I would not want to <laughs> lick somebody else's eyeball, nor would I want to be the one who's getting my eyeball licked. Like, yeah, I wouldn't be a fan of that at all. It would feel weird. I'd be like, and I don't know how the guy keeps his eye open the entire time when she's doing it. Cause I'd be like, mm-hmm. no, get it away. Get it away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would be instinctually like, closing my eye just to keep it out of my eye um, sure. and then justine's just sitting there on the counter like a freak she's like sitting there with like a weird smile on her face like she's like mm-hmm. like she's like i'm hungry she's well like, she's like flesh <laughs> she's drunk as fuck too at this party holy fuck because she goes up to the guy at the bar and she's like can i have a shot and i'm thinking okay like a shot like a like a fucking small little shot glass he hands her like a fucking cup and yeah. just fill it looks like vodka he fills mm-hmm. the entire cup with vodka and she just takes like drink after drink. And I'm just like, Oh, well, and she's like, give me more so that or she's like, give me more. Save me a trip. Cause he told her that he doesn't have any more shot glasses. God damn. And then, yeah, it fills up like a full plastic cup. And it was like, Ugh. that made me sick because like, I, I haven't vodka too. Oh, me too. I don't really, I'm not a huge fan of hard liquor in general. Um, cause I got blackout drunk with one of my coworkers once, like so drunk to the point that I thought I was going to die. Like I almost went to the hospital cause I was like, <laughs> I think I'm going to die. Um, but after that whole thing, like I swore, I was like, Oh my God, I couldn't drink for months after that. Like even watching mm-hmm. people on TV or movies, like drink, I was like, it made me nauseous. Like yeah. that's how bad it was. Um, but anyway, yeah. So she's like, she's, yeah, she's fucking drunk and she's walking around the party trying to like, trying to you know get with any boy that she can get with and she yeah. finds this what she sees this one guy and just starts making out with him and the one girl pushes her and she's like find your own person bitch and so she tries making <laughs> out with her too yeah. <laughs> she's like what the fuck is wrong with her and then uh alex ends up taking her over to the morgue and you're not really sure what's gonna happen because it doesn't mm-hmm. you know it doesn't show the whole thing but at this point in the movie like their relationship is good enough good enough that uh like you don't suspect anything bad's gonna happen Mm-mm. yeah you don't it, but it's like um you find out like the next day because justine goes to class and everyone's acting weird like the one girl won't sit next to her she ends up moving mm-hmm. and she like ends up smelling herself she's like is it because i stink what what's going yeah. on and then adrian like pulls her into the bathroom after class and he like shows her the video and mm-hmm. it's basically a video of um alex with a dead body in the morgue it's like some naked dead guy mm-hmm. and fucking justine is on all fours on the floor like a dog and she's like baiting her with his hand like just uh justine keeps trying to bite his finger and she's like mm-hmm. messing with him and like all these people are gathered around and so justine like starts freaking the fuck out and she ends up like, going do what i was gonna say i like the one guy too because like it's Adrian showing her the video and like right at the very beginning of the video, there's a guy who's like, he's like, stop filming this. Like she's so fucking messed up. So like, I like that they added that little small touch to it. So like not everybody that's in that room is like, okay with this. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, 
because it like it's obviously a form of like fucking severe bullying yeah like what's going on and he's just like stop filming this like she's so fucked up yeah and like that's like that's another i feel like theme in this film like with that scene specifically it's just like cell phones and social media have taken over like such mm-hmm. a huge chunk of our lives and it's just like every I feel like a lot of shit like that gets posted online, whether we like it or not. And it's like, it wasn't her choice for that video to be, to be filmed. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it goes again, like with one of those things where she should have a choice over what happens. And it's just like, she didn't have a choice over that video. Like they're just filming it and she doesn't, you know, she doesn't have a say in the matter. She doesn't even Mm -hmm. like, you know, she probably doesn't. And she looks so fucked up. Like there's like purple, like there's under her eyes and she like, her eyes are like rolling up in her head and she just looks like, she looks animalistic yeah she really does um and so then she finds justine in the quad and they start fucking fighting and justine just takes a big chunk out of alex or sorry alex takes a big chunk out of justine's face and it just looks Mm -hmm. so gross because she's got this big gaping hole in the side of her face now yeah whoever this makeup artist was like for this movie like they did such a good job with this shit because like so much of this gore looks like really real it looks like they like literally bit each other because mm-hmm. <laughs> then they're like, yeah. they're fighting with each other and then they just start biting each other's arms mm-hmm. and they're biting. And so like, mu- oh, no, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and they're biting so much that they're drawing blood. Yeah. That's what I was going to say too. Like, it's almost like they got lockjaw while they're biting each other's arm. Yeah. And then when they're being, when they're being like subdued by the students, it almost looks like they're animals too. Cause it looks like they're mm-hmm. like, it looks like what animals look like when they're, you know, being like on a leash or something. And they're like, yeah. it looked really cool. Like the way they yeah. did that. Um, and then they end up going back to Alex's apartment or Justine's apartment. And Alex is like dressing the wound on her face. And then uh, Justine's at, Justine ends up like taking the key to Adrian's room. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that Alex or so that Alex can't go in there. I'm pretty sure that's what the whole goal of that was yeah because alex is ultimately the one that does it not justine Mm -hmm. yes um but the next morning you get that well at the beginning of the movie when they're when they're being initiated into this school they talk about how like when you hear the little uh what is it the fucking blow horn thing like an air horn yeah that means that you're no longer you know you're no longer a freshman basically you've transitioned Mm -hmm. you've the initiation is over now you are full-time you know um elder basically is what Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so then you hear that horn and you start seeing all these students like walking out into this quad area which kind of confused me i was like what is happening why are they all like i don't know but then justine wakes up and she's next to adrian and i knew the moment that she woke up i was like oh he's definitely dead he's not alive Mm -hmm. I was like, nope, yeah. something happened. And she like rolls over and uh, she like goes to like look under, or she goes to like touch him from underneath the blanket and she like has blood all over her hands. And so she pulls back the blanket and his fucking half of his legs just gone. Oh man. It was his whole like thigh was like half eaten. Yeah. And you can see like the bone underneath mm. and, mm-hmm. and the like was- the tendons and shit. I'm just like, oh. So gross looking. So nasty, man. And then he's got like a wound in his back. It looks like I thought it was a gunshot wound for a second. It looked mm-hmm. like it looked like a gunshot wound. Cause she's like, why didn't you fight back? Cause she thinks it's her that did it. Cause she's like freaking out. Um, and she's like, why didn't you fight back? Why didn't you stop me? Cause yeah. she's, 
you know, she thinks that she's the one that ate him. And then she finds out that it was her sister. Cause she sees like the ski pole thing that he had given her at the beginning. And mm-hmm. that's like from the, that's what was stabbed into his back. Yeah. So then she finds Alex in the kitchen, like sitting in front of the fridge and like her mouth is the one that's like covered in blood. Yeah. So uh, Justine ends up like putting her in the shower and washing all the blood off of her. And then you get to the scene where she's in prison. Like basically Alex is in prison. Yeah. And I, that there's such a cool fucking shot when they're looking at each other through the reflection. There's like, I don't know how they did this. But like it's Justine's reflection mixed with uh, Alex's reflection, and it just I don't know the, the way it looks so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. <coughs> Sorry. Oh, fuck, I'm struggling today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and then in this last scene is the scene where like you figure out the whole twist of it. Like you figure out that there's this big twist because they're sitting at the dinner table. And the mom is like, finish your vegetables. And she's like, I'm full. And she's like, don't leave the table until you're finished. And so Mm -hmm. she ends up walking off and the dad's like, don't take it personally. And um, he's like, it's not your fault. And he's like, it's not Alex's fault either. And then he basically starts telling her about how his mom, her mom was like really difficult at first too. Cause when he Mm -hmm. met her at the same school, um, he didn't understand why she didn't want, to have anything to do with him at first. Cause he kind of explains that they were friends. Like he would constantly call her his best friend, her best friend. Yeah. And it drove him crazy. And he couldn't understand. Like he talks about how he couldn't understand why she didn't want to be with him at first. And then when they had their first kiss, he's like, I understand now. And you notice that his lip is like, he has a huge scar on his lip. Yeah. And he's like, he's not necessarily pointing to it, but he's like kind of playing with it. He's like scratching it. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, like he's definitely you- trying to bring awareness to it yeah and then that's like when you see in her mind you see like the wheels start turning and she's like what hold on and then he uh he basically talks about how like they should have gotten alex the help that she needed but they didn't they failed her Mm -hmm. and he's like uh we'll help you find other ways of you know dealing with this basically and so then he like unbuttons his shirt and underneath it's just like his entire fucking chest is just scars and marks Mm -hmm. where i'm guessing the mom just like <coughs> fucking ate him yeah did you find that some of them looked like kind of fresh too like yeah. she's still doing it yeah uh-huh i was gonna bring that up with you because i was like did you notice that they looked a lot more fresh than others some like some yeah some of them did like some of them looked like scars but some of them looked like like not completely open wounds but like partially healed open wounds yeah it's gnarly looking mm-hmm and then he's like, we'll find a solution for you, basically. Yeah. And then that's when the movie ends and you find out that this is kind of a genetic thing. Like it started with the mom and then it started and then it with Alex and then it ended with Justine. So they're all cannibalistic <laughs> people. Do you this think, family. For sure. No, well, I don't think that that is. Mm. But do you think like because earlier on he says don't have two girls are too difficult do you think that this like genetic trait only passes down through the women good point maybe it might and like and like that was foreshadowing for the ending it might yeah that's and that's what i love about this film is that it does foreshadow a few things Mm -hmm. you know that that when you don't because for example like the the scar on his lip like i had noticed it in the movie but like it never like it wasn't like one of those things where it bothered me all that much 
Yeah. That's just kind of like, okay. Like it, cause it's not all that noticeable until that final scene where you actually get to see it like on a, on closer up and it's yeah. way more prevalent. Um, but I kind of like how they foreshadow a couple of scenes like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing, so now that we got to the end and we kind of, we, we got to the ending that explains everything. I guess what I'm confused about is why would they want to send Justine to the school? If she knew, if they knew what happened with Alex, because obviously they knew that she was going to have to eat the raw rabbit kidney. Obviously they knew that she was going to have to go through all this shit. And if the same thing happened with Alex, happened to their mother, like why would they send Justine to the school knowing that that's what could potentially happen? You know what I mean? I think that they're anticipating that it is going to happen. And like, this is a means of like allowing her to find her own way so -hmm. that she doesn't. Cause like, you know, the stereotypical, like, like, oh, if you shelter your kids while they're growing up, whenever they leave their house, like they're going to fucking go crazy kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's like their way of letting her find herself and they know that Alex is there. So there's like some sort of guidance a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Um, Cause like if they, if they keep her sheltered, let's just say like through like halfway th- midway through her twenties or something like that. And then she like finally moves out and gets her own place. Like, is she just going to go like absolutely crazy once she gets this bloodlust? Whereas with this, like they know that she has like a means of curbing that addiction, if you want to call it that, or like that, those urges. Yeah, that's a very good point. I don't know. Like, yeah, that makes sense. But now that you say that, but I think at first I was like, why, why would they want to even, why would they want to even encourage their daughter to start feeling that way anyway? Cause she was a devout vegetarian before. So why? I feel like they just feel like it's an inev- inevitable thing that's going to happen at some point in her life. So they figured just put her through it now, <laughs> get <Yeah>. it over with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but uh, yeah, that's raw, everybody. <laughs> yeah, that I think it's a really good movie though. It is a very good movie. It is. Um, did you have any final thoughts on this film before we get into our ratings, which I'm, I guess I'm sure we'll probably talk more about our final thoughts when we do our ratings. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think I have anything else to add to the whole movie discussion. We've covered pretty much every basis that we could, but that's true. Um, so I guess without further ado, do you want to get into your story rating and your quality rating and, you know, the IMDb score and then favorite scene and least favorite scene, sir? All right. So for my story, I gave it an eight out of 10. Uh, I started off saying like, I really like this movie, obviously, uh, and considering it's like the feature film debut, like it makes it even that much more impressive, uh it's such a risky movie to make um before you've made a name for yourself but uh the director julia de corno julia de corno uh she took a leap and like it ended up being like a fairly well received result so i mean kudos to her for for taking on such a like risky role in directing a movie like this um i like seeing uh, justine's transition throughout the whole movie uh i feel like it's portrayed expertly with like really good acting uh really good directing 
Um, and just, I don't know, like all the acting throughout this movie is so well done. I talk about it a little bit more of my quality, but anyways, um, the teenage coming of age in a weird way story has kind of been done before with ginger snaps. Like we saw that firsthand with that movie. Um, but we've never seen it been done in a way like this, like with ginger snaps, obviously, uh, ginger experiences like lichenism with, uh, with, with her period and like with a werewolf. Yeah. Um, but to take it in a cannibalistic route, we've never seen this in a movie before. I don't think anyways. Um, so like the movie not only deals with the coming of age story, but it also tackles real life issues that teenagers, um, and more specifically like female teenagers. I've, I'm obviously a male. I've never experienced some of these things, but, um, I do, I do know that it happens with like, issues with body image and family issues and being alone for the first time and learning to be who you are and sexual frustration and like all that different stuff. And like this movie really touches base on each one of those issues. Um, as well as like the big main issue of her coming from a cannibalistic family. (laughs) Um, but like everything, everything that's done throughout the story is really, really well done. There are some minor plot holes like we've kind of talked about, but I mean, it's still a really good movie. And my quality, I also gave it an 8 out of 10. Uh, I said everything about this movie from the score to the acting to the special effects to the camera work, like everything is so expertly done, especially for a debut film. Uh, The gore and special effects are really well done. We don't really see a whole lot of it until like almost at the end of like the second act and into the third act is when we really start to see it, but it's, it's done so fucking good. And like that scene with Adrian's that scene with Adrian's leg, we talked about, like, it's so accurate. Like we see, like you said, and like, I have it in my notes here too. Like we see the tendons and like the muscle structure and the bones and like, like they did not spare any details. Um, and even the scene, like with the finger, like she's fucking like pulling meat off this finger. And like, like, and it's like, it's what I imagine it would be like, like, if you bite your own finger, let's just say like, it's tough, like, you're not gonna like, just chomp right into it. Um, The score in this movie, man, like, I don't know if you picked up on it, but it reminds me so much of the It Follows score. And as you know, I love that soundtrack so much. Um. So like whenever some of the tracks started kicking in, I was like, oh my God, this is like, it follows so much. And like, I love it. I'm all about it. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I really, really, really thoroughly enjoy this movie. Um, As weird as it is, as gross as it is, it's like, I said in one of your comments, I was like, I'm not looking forward to watching it, but like upon a second watch, I was like, yeah, this movie is really fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. So like it is a body horror film. Um, but it, it's so much more than that. It's not just like mm-hmm. a film that like tries to gross you out with its gore and stuff. I feel like the gore is necessary. Like, I don't feel like it's gore. That's just like in there to be gory. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I really like that. Um, As far as my story rating goes, I gave it a nine out of 10. Okay. Um, Cause I said uh, the story of raw not only delivers a fresh take on the body horror genre. It also delivers a fresh disturbing approach to the coming of age storyline as well. And then I said, uh, there are so many themes of women empowerment as well as themes of battling body image, eating disorders, and the trials of becoming a woman. And I actually, 
you probably noticed that I was over here like fiddling on my phone. I was trying to mm-hmm. I was trying to look up the article that I um saw on here that I kind of wanted to read. Is that if that's okay? Well, it's your show, man. I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this article that kind of like sums up this movie like really really well. Um, and it's an article by Jenny Holtz, and she said, uh, let's see. Julia Ducorna's French cannibalistic coming-of-age film Raw depicts feminine pleasure and power through body horror. The film played at festivals and in France with a limited U.S. release. Viewers had visceral reactions to the screenings with some even walking out or passing out due to the graphic cannibalism. Even so, the film can be incredibly relatable and empowering for young women. The film follows Justine, a lifetime vegetarian, as she begins veterinary school. During a hazing ritual, Justine is forced to consume raw meat. This awakens her hunger for flesh, which drives her decisions through the rest of the film. Justine is not alone in her desire to eat others. Her sister and mother have the same tendencies. Justine's budding cannibalism aligns with her sexual coming of age. For her, eating people is deeply connected with sexual intimacy. When Justine has sex with her roommate, she grunts in an animalistic manner and bites her own arm to prevent herself from eating him. Blood pours down her arm and onto the bed as she makes eye contact with the camera, sending the message that she knows what's happening to her. She is insatiable and human flesh is the only thing that satisfies her. To portray this in a relatable way, Marillier and Ducorna worked closely to make sure Justine was likable and in control even when eating other people throughout the film, it is clear that Justine knows cannibalism is wrong, but it is what her body wants. When she tries to prevent harming others by eating raw chicken or her own hair, she fails. Instead, she lets herself give in during sexual experiences that turn into her feeding time. Unlike many coming of age stories, Justine is in control of her sexuality. She seeks out sexual partners when she wants to. And all of the sex scenes are filmed from her point of view rather than over-sexualizing an over-sexualizing male point of view. This directly addresses the issue of the male gaze as described by feminist film theorist Laura Mulvey. She writes that in a, wor- in a world ordered by sexual imbalance, pleasure in looking has been split between active uh, male and passive female. The determining male gaze projects its fantasy onto the female figure, which is styled accordingly. By subverting the male gaze, Raw avoids being an exploitation film and instead is a radical coming-of-age film. Raw is not an easy watch, and as mentioned earlier, some had to leave screenings of the film because it is so effective. DeCornia's camera does not turn away when Justine messily violently eats flesh. There are no jump scares. The camera lingers. We see Justine realizing what she has done, deciding to dive back in, and we make contact her with contact with her as she eats, blood escaping her mouth and coating her fingers. Justine is notably human through all of this. She is not supernatural. She is not a monster. She is a human giving into her desire. Cannibalism acts like acts as a metaphor for claiming power in sexual and non-sexual senses because Justine's sexual awakening aligns with her craving for flesh. The two are interconnected and inseparable. Justine's sense of power includes claiming her desires as her own. She does not only get sustenance from eating human flesh. She gains pleasure as she consumes others, but she also begins to recognize her own power. She embraces who she is. One night, Justine gets ready for a party alone. She dances in a mirror to plus poots. I don't know how to say that in French, but whatever. Uh, also known as sluttier than all the sluts by Ortiz when she puts on red lipstick and smears it on her face. The song by a French rap duo of sisters is telling is telling Ortiz are known for rapping about men 
the way men traditionally rap about women by including this song in this particular scene Ducorna Ducorna shows that Justine's story is a subversion of the typical narrative instead of a virgin coming to college and having her virginity taken on a man's terms Justine comes to college and she has sex on her own terms she realizes that the power she has claims it and acts on it she does all this through cannibalism which is a direct confrontation with the abject and an embodiment of the monstrous feminine what monstrous does that make sense Mm. and an embodiment of the monstrous feminine i don't know instead of being punished for this though justine's narrative is more interest is more interested in her cannibalism as a metaphor for her coming of age um raw is an example of what horror can be when women hold the power uh she made a point to have more women on screen than men she built a relationship with actors who had sex scenes to make sure they felt comfortable and safe in filming them. She even talked to extras individually so their actions aligned with the movement and mood of the scene. The story itself focus, centers women's sexuality in an extremely non-traditional way. Not only does it use cannibalism as its vehicle, but it centers the women's perspective and is not concerned with her virginity, but instead is concerned with her acquisition of power and pleasure through sex and a little cannibalism. <laughs> So I liked that article. Like when I thought, when I found that article, I really wanted to talk about it. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. that actually really, really sums up the gist of what I was trying, like what we were trying to say with like the whole like themes of, you know, women having power over their own bodies. Like that article really explained it even further. And I thought it was interesting that she used that song in that movie, you know, with women kind of talking about <clears throat> themselves as if, you know, as just like men do, you know, men mm-hmm. over sexualize women in these kind of songs too. So I think it's interesting that they kind of did the subversion of that kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That article is really good. It fucking hits the nail on the head for sure. And that was one of the trivia things that was on IMDb too, is that whole scene with, with that song playing. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> it's a French movie. So obviously like we were watching it with subtitles. So I was reading the lyrics as they were on the screen and like, it's, it's, yeah i mean it's a perfect song for that situation um lyrically anyways so yeah like you said it's really cool that she incorporated that into that scene yeah and some of the some of those fucking lyrics are just insane when i was reading them i was like mm-hmm. hey this is <laughs> it's yeah. like all right hey. um yeah but but yeah um yeah i gave my story rating a nine out of ten just for all of that i think the reason why i didn't get a perfect 10 is because some of like you know the plot holes that we talked about there's that one scene with the dog that i that i just found really unusual and i don't mm. think it fit with the film maybe maybe upon more watchings of this film maybe i'll understand later on what that's supposed to signify but to me it was just kind of like it threw me off because i was like is this turning into a supernatural film now like what's with the sheet pulling off the dog by itself like i don't know it was just kind of weird um other than that it almost got us all a 10 so i mean Mm -hmm. this is a near perfect movie when it comes to story rating because i've never seen a movie like this before like that has been done in this way yeah definitely so Um, As far as quality rating goes, I did give it a solid 10 out of 10. Oh, shit. Yes, because I said uh, Raw delivers on its disturbing yet at times beautiful imagery. The acting is fantastic from everyone involved, especially from Garrett's Marlillier. The makeup effects are fucking top notch, dude. And Mm -hmm. just like and like you said, it looks so real that you wonder if, you know, some of the shit like did they really dissect actual animals? Did she really stick her fucking arm up a cow's asshole it's just like all this stuff that you see in this film it just looks so real 
Yeah. Um, so ever, whoever did the makeup effects on this movie, kudos to you. Cause you did a fantastic job. Like this, this film is perfect with quality. I thought I like a lot of the shots in this film. I think it's a beautifully shot film. The score, as you said before, is very reminiscent to it follows. And I really loved mm-hmm. that too. I was, I was going to ask you if you were going to bring that up. I'm glad you did. Cause I was like watching this and I was like, Ooh. <laughs> kind of has an, it follows vibe. And I wonder if Mark's going to catch that too. Like I actually looked it up to see if disaster piece did the music for this movie. Cause like, that's how closely related it is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, everything about this movie quality wise is perfect to me. Um, I don't find anything wrong with it. So cool. for that reason, I gave it a 10 out of 10. Um, and then the IMDB score, it's a seven out of 10. Do you agree with it, Mark? Or do you think it should be higher or lower? So what I said was like, I can't really fault them for giving it a seven out of 10 because I mean, IMDB is like kind of ruthless with their scores. <clears throat> they don't generally give horror movies a high score. So I think seven out of 10 is like, it's good for, for IMDB. Um, I went a little further and checked on Rotten Tomatoes too. And it had like a base score of 92%. And if any of your listeners listen to HMC, they know that Josh absolutely hates the Rotten Tomato scores. Um but I did look, I did de- dig a little deeper and the actual like average score on Rotten Tomatoes was a 7.9. So, I mean, like I can't disagree with them because like a seven and a 7.9 are, are like pretty good scores. Like I think a solid like seven to nine range is, is good. is good to me. So, I mean, it, it like, I don't think it should be any, I definitely don't think it should be lower than a seven. Um, but I mean, like, I can't, I can't really say like, Oh, they need to rate this way higher because I mean, it, it, they didn't give it bad scores. Yeah. I don't know me personally. I think I would have at least given it, given it an eight out of 10 just because for the, for the uniques, the way they did it in such a unique way with, with all of these little themes that you get throughout the film on top of like the body horror aspect of it. There's just Mm -hmm. so many things going on with this film under the surface of it that it's mm-hmm. it doesn't it's not just a body horror like there's just so many things so i'm like i don't know i feel like i would have at least given it an eight out of ten but i mean i'm okay with seven out of ten too because as you said imdb is pretty ruthless with the way they score films and not a lot of films get that high up in the mm-hmm. <laughs> in the ranking I, so I, I think the metacritic score is like an 81 percent too so i mean it's not bad it's pretty good i mean this yeah. film got a pretty good um uh like pretty good receiving scores and Mm -hmm. shit. So for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah. So favorite scene, Mark, and then tell us your least favorite scene. Uh, my favorite scene, I said as gross as it sounds and as gross as it was, I really think the finger eating scene was done super good, super, super well, really well. I don't know. I just say my wording was weird there. <laughs> You're passing it to the screen. Um, but I really liked how the camera was focusing on Justine the whole time. But like the camera would kind of it would move to one direction where you can see Alex laying down, fainted on the floor, and then it would switch to the other position where it's just like completely focused on Justine. There's like nothing really in the background. And then it would flip back around. So like that whole scene is filled with tension because at this point, we don't know that Alex is a cannibal as well. 
at this scene, we just think it's Justine and we're like, what the fuck is going on with this girl? And then, so like the tension of knowing that Alex could wake up at any point and see her chewing on her fucking finger. Um, it's just, I don't know, like it's a really tense scene, but it's done so well. Um, and then whenever she, whenever Alex finally does wake up, like she doesn't speak a word to her. She just like stares at her and like, you see like a single tear, like run down her face and it's just like, Oh shit. Cause like upon a first watch, you're thinking like, damn, this girl's crying because her sister's eating her finger. But at the same time, like once you know the whole story, you kind of get the thought like, like, is she crying because of that? Or is she crying because she knows what her sister's about to go through with this whole cannibalism thing? And like, it, it kind of shows like, it kind of makes you think like, oh, maybe she's crying because she's like actually a caring sister. I mean, maybe it's just because she was eating her finger. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think I think it makes more sense to believe that she uh, <clears throat> she was crying because she knew like her she is going through the same thing as her sister, and she knows that it's not going to be an easy thing. So she's like, mm-hmm. "Well, fuck." Because she's not pissed go. at her for very long afterwards. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, but I love how she gets out of the like she gets out of the hospital room. She's like, "Yeah, quickie, ate my finger," and then she's like <laughs> looking at her. She's like giving her that look, like. Mm-hmm. You fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> fucking ate my finger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's your least favorite scene, Mark? Uh, my least favorite scene was the, the like dog dissection. I just like, I, I don't like seeing dead animals on screen and especially not dead dogs. Uh, wh- whether they're, they were real or not. I don't like, I really don't know. They looked very real, but they, I don't know. I'd like to assume that they weren't. Um, but given the fact that like how realistic they looked and like the way that she like just kind of cut into one, I don't know. I was just like, ugh, I don't know. And like, so there's that scene and then there's the fucking scene with the hair. Like she's pulling the hair out of her mouth and like, that is just ugh, so gross. <laughs> like, oh, I, yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> So my favorite scene is the end scene when the dad is talking to Justine and you get the whole twist of the mom being a part of this too, because the first time I watched this, I was not expecting that. Mm -hmm. And like I said, you know, once you watch it more than once, you kind of get these like subtle little foreshadowings that that's kind of what this movie is going to end on, but you don't really, you don't really pick up on that the first time you watch it. So I thought it was really interesting because I had already picked up that the sister was probably, um, like a cannibal too, just because you know you find the little, bo- uh, the little tube of, you know, lotion inside the, mm-hmm. the medicine cabinet. So at that point, like, I already kind of picked up on the fact that she was, you know, had cannibalistic tendencies as well. But I never expected the mom would be, and I never expected like when he put when he opens up his shirt and he's just covered in all those scars. I was like, holy shit! Like, yeah. so that that scene like blew me away the first time I watched it and. I don't know. I like the way that it ends because it's it's very open ended. Like you don't know. Mm-hmm. You want to know what happens to these characters. You want to know what happens to Justine. You want to know what happens to her sister. But they just leave it on such a open ended kind of note. And I kind of like that just because you're like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I don't know if we'll ever know what happens. But yeah, I can't see them making a sequel to this movie. <laughs> I kind of hope they don't. But <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, but my least favorite scene would have to be the pulling the hair out of her mouth scene because i'm just like oh my god it's so gross 
for sure. I can't handle it. It's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't um, disagree. But um, yeah, did you have any more thoughts on this film before we close out this episode, Mark? I don't think so. I mean, like, to any of your listeners, if you're holding back on watching this movie because of the subject matter, I really, really highly suggest you just give it a chance. Because, I mean, it does have some gross imagery and whatnot, but the story as a whole is so fucking good. And, I mean, like, I told you, like, I'm not a huge fan of body horror. Like, I can do gore, like, no problem at all. But when it comes to movies that are like just strictly body horror, it like it just like like it makes me fucking like tense up and just like cringe. And but this movie is so much better than than just a typical body horror movie. Like there's some cringy scenes where where you're like, oh, fuck, like, what am I watching? But at the same time, like, you know that it's for a bigger story and a bigger plot and like a, a really great ending and everything like that. Um, so to any of your listeners that haven't watched this movie, just, I really strongly suggest just giving it a chance. Cause it's, it's a fucking great movie. I agree with you, Mark. I think it's, <clears throat> I think it's really fucking good. I, I, I was really, really surprised and happy with this film when I watched it. Cause mm-hmm. as I said before, I hadn't watched it in a couple of years. So I was like, I didn't remember what I was going into or what I was mm-hmm. getting myself into. Cause I was like, Oh God, is this movie like, really really bad it wasn't as bad i've seen worse honestly oh for sure Um, so like i said what i like most about this film is that it yes it delivers the gore and it delivers it in like a realistic fashion but it really delivers a good story on top of that and the characters Mm -hmm. are really good and i don't know i'm i'm looking forward to seeing what more this director has to offer plus i would love to see the main actress who played um justine in more films because she was fantastic in this movie um not only that but you and i were talking about it last night she's like super pretty and like a she weird, is natural yeah. way yeah yeah like she's not that stereotypical like hollywood actress pretty but she's she is like she's very attractive yeah so i don't know i really like this movie as mark said um yeah check this movie out even if you're having reservations i would say go into it with an open mind um yeah i think it's a really fantastic movie that deserves to you know, for people to watch it and appreciate it. So definitely. But with that being said, uh, Mark, before we go, would you like to um, plug in your podcast one last time and uh, tell us where you can find, where we can find you? Sure. So once again, I'm Mark from a podcast on Elm street, Uh, me and my co-host Brooke. We, uh, we release an episode each week discussing a different horror movie um, at length. Um, we are on Instagram and pretty much any social media at a podcast on Elm street. You can listen to us on pretty much any podcasting platform like Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, all those other ones. Um, we have a discord channel. Uh, well, I should preface by saying we have a link tree in our bio on Instagram and it has links to anywhere that, uh, you can, uh, listen to us on, or we have links to our Patreon account to our, T public account where we have merch. Uh, we have a discord server, a Twitch account where we've started live streaming video games and whatnot. Um, we're just trying to have as much fun with this as we possibly can and kind of branch out to different avenues and see where they can take us. But uh, yeah. Very nice, Mark. Very nice. Um, Thanks. 
And uh, you can find me at the We Love Horror Podcast on Instagram. I have a Twitter, but I don't use it. Um, <laughs> but you can find me anywhere you stream your podcast, Spotify, you know, Podcast Addict, all those places. Um, and uh, also, you can feel free to leave Mark and I a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. So that would really help our podcast grow. So yeah. nothing less than a four star. Yeah, nothing less than a four. And if you're going to give us less than a four, at least leave an explanation. <laughs> <laughs> give us ways to improve. Exactly. Um, but yeah, thank you again, Mark, for coming on. I really appreciate it. It's always a blast having you on. So definitely. And, uh, yeah, we were talking about it the other day. I'm gonna we're gonna be on our quite a few podcast episodes <laughs> together for the next like month or two. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you're one of our top tier patrons, and one of the perks for that is. Uh, is um like you get to pick one of our episodes and then you get to come on and discuss the movie with us so that's going to be happening at the end of this month yeah um where we're going to sit down and record that episode with you and then we have a couple lined up in june and i think one in july or two in july or something (laughs) i don't know so the fun thing with you and brooke is that you guys get to be the last ones that end out my first season and you Mm -hmm. begin my second season with me so you guys get to come out with, go out with a bang on season one and you guys get to come back with a bang on season two. Mm-hmm. So there we go. What a great honor. I know. I know. Get <laughs> <laughs> to no. work with the best. So exactly. No, but every time we sit down and talk about a movie, it's always a good time. Right. Yeah. Well, and you and I talk every day anyway, so every day is a good time. So for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks again, Mark. I really appreciate it. I had a blast with you today. Um, no problem. Thanks for having me again. Of course. And thank you to everyone who listens to the podcast and, um, you know, just is so involved on social media. I also wanted to say a quick thank you to everybody on social media as well, because um, I just reached, I'm almost about to 1800 followers now, but I was 1700 followers. I know I just announced my 1700 followers like five, six days ago. And I'm like, holy yeah. shit, I'm already at almost 1800. So <laughs> catching up to Mark, <laughs> not mm-hmm. quite there yet, but I'll be there soon. And um, I'll probably be doing another giveaway when I get to 2000. So just look out for that. But yeah, thank you all for your love and support. Thank you, Mark, for coming on. And uh, we will see you guys next time. So bye. See you later.